Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Tuesday, welcome to the Wise Guys. Kind of grooving. It's a thousand degrees outside. And so we pick some music that uh, I guess puts you kind of like on a yacht. Or uh, an ocean yes. cruise. I don't know Just what it is. kind of sailing along. I, I felt very relaxed. I'm not sure where that felt came relaxed. from. Dave DJ, McCann. thanks for making us feel relaxed. And in. Blaine Fowler as we launch into another Wise Guys. We got a loaded show tonight. The season's underway. Man. The Cougs are 1-0. They've 50 points on the board at South Florida. And uh, now getting ready for the ninth-ranked Baylor Bears. Yeah, and they jumped a little bit in the rankings. But I think, depending on what they do this week... They win this week, they jump big time. They jump a bunch of spots, and they're in the top 15, and um, that's probably where they should have been at the beginning of the season, but we'll, you know, we'll get into that. What, what a great win on the road. The best comment all week was South Florida's coach saying, we knew they were good, but they were better than we thought they were. Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know. And right? if Baylor's coach uh, says that after the game Saturday, yeah. BYU will have had a good weekend. Yeah, that's a, that'll be a great For week. the second straight weekend. Yep. All right, let's run down the T's. We're going to get right to business tonight because we've got so much. We want all of your questions, whether it's Twitch, uh, ysguys.com, uh, obviously, uh, YouTube. Uh, we're spanning the globe here uh, at 1 and 0. The AP Top 25 poll came out this afternoon, a Tuesday, because if you remember, Clemson was playing last night. That's right. So they couldn't come out until all of the weekend games, per se, were over. We'll talk about that. And of course, we'll recap the ball game at Tampa. Yep, a former running back Will Snowden and linebacker Brian Keel break down the game and, and set up the home opener against number 10 Baylor with us on this show. Um, Brian will join us first, and then we'll have Will, and I'm, it's going to be fun. We'll oh, yeah. Both of them in the first hour with us, so uh, so uh, hang with us. It's going to be fun. Dave Almodova, BYU, assistant athletic director over marketing. He's going to pop in for a few minutes right at 7 o'clock and, and lay out the weekend. It's going to be a... It's going to be an awesome time outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday leading up to kickoff, including a flyover and all that stuff. So Dave will roll that out for us. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we're going to be outside the stadium. So hope, hopefully if you're there at the stadium, you come and, uh, and hang out with us while we do game day. Um, what's, what's our show called now? Yes, yeah, BYU Sports, Sports Nation, Nation Game, game day. day. Mostly game day, but we say the so be there for, first thing. Be there for the game start. day. Hey, how about the college football playoff expansion? So some good news coming this past week. Uh, college football playoff is going to expand. We'll talk about what that means for BYU. Kerry Roberts, women's head golf coach, going to join us a little bit later tonight. They get ready to tee up a new season. High expectations. She's got a great program going. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's our golf season's winding down because now we're yeah, working we're, all we're the time. Busy. But their golf season is just winding up. I think up. we should play every Friday afternoon, but that's just me. I think so, you're right. Until it's, the weather gets bad. It's an outstanding idea. So. And our football picks. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of recap what happened last weekend. Um, and then uh, the big games ahead now that we're all the way in to this college football season. Yep. Should we, uh, should we count down to a few things, Dave? Let's do it. Four days until the home opener against number Nine now, Baylor. They moved up one spot yep, in the they were poll. Number, we were going to say number 10, but they moved up to nine today. 25 days until October, and that uh, will bring us the first Big 12 schedule for BYU. 
Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And the commissioner, the new commissioner of the Big 12 is going to be on game day with us. Yeah, he's going to be sitting right there on, on Saturday night. So we'll get the lowdown on, hey, maybe he'll tell us, maybe he'll give us a sneak preview of who BYU is going to play. Is BYU going to have Texas or Oklahoma at home next year? <laughs> and maybe, maybe he'll tell us. What so. do we got to do to sweeten the pot on that? Yep. All right, let's start with a couple of headlines before uh, Brian Keel joins us. Hey, in the AP Top 25, that came out today. BYU moved up four spots. I still think they're underrated. They go to number 21. Baylor moved up one spot to number nine. Utah fell six spots to number 13, and Oregon dropped out of the poll altogether. They laid the biggest egg I've ever seen laid against Georgia where they just got run right out of the building. Um, so they dropped right out. It's like they had an egg farm last season because they yeah, laid was, eggs so all over the place. And yet everyone kept saying, uh, no, they're the golden goose. So, so the problem is for the Pac-12 now that you go, those are your two big marquee games. Now I know that, that USC played Rice and played really well, but but immediately expectations for the for the Pac-12 are down again now. And and that hurts. You know, that hurts. So Utah could go and run the table and if Florida isn't amazing this year, say Florida finishes third in, in the East, in the SEC, they're going to go, well, they, they went, it's fine. They can win in the Pac-12, but they played Florida and lost. Yeah. And so that hurts. And then Oregon just embarrassed the Pac-12 at Georgia. So, so BYU wins at 50-21, to 21, and our first guest is all about defense. He'll forever be remembered for catching the Hail Mary pass at the end of last spring's alumni game to lead Navy to a stunning victory over Royal. It's a pleasure to welcome five-year NFL linebacker Brian Keel to the Wise Guys. Brian, we know that you've got uh, a peewee football practice coming up here in just a few minutes, so we're grateful to have you on for a couple of moments and, and talk about this game. Before we get to that, though, you know, David Nixon's one of your assistant coaches. I don't know who's the boss. I, I'm going to assume are you, you are guy? on that. Are you the head guy, Brian? I am the defensive coordinator. <laughs> the head coach is Wes Patterson. Dave is He's just like the lowest guy on the staff. He's just <laughs> the guy that goes and gets us water. So nice. What's the hardest thing to teach a young football player when it comes to tackling? Everything. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I basically played in the NFL and then got done and then didn't do anything officially with football and then went to the eight-year-olds. And uh, so I went from one end of the spectrum to the other and. It has been tough for me because there's things that I haven't had to think about in 30 years that I'm now having to think about with these kids. And if you know how to teach kids eight-year-olds to tackle, let me know because we're still working on figuring that out. I'll, I'll tell you this, Brian, because you know I coached all of, of my guys all, all the way up through. Kellen, who was your roommate and, and teammate down at BYU. And you just keep working with them, and then all of a sudden one day the light bulb comes on. And it's different for every kid. So, so one day you'll go, I don't know what we're going to do with this kid. He just doesn't want to hit anybody. And then the next day at practice, you'll go, what, what just happened? This kid's a terror because they'll have one play or one hit where they'll go, well, you know what? That hurt a lot less when I hit him. And then the light bulb goes on, and they're forever changed. They're forever that changed. That gives me hope. That gives me hope. I hope that happens soon, especially for my kid. By the way, that never works when it comes to taking your plate to the sink. For no, some reason. No, they, they never learn they never that. Can the light bulb that never thing. comes on or taking out the garbage. But hitting – the light bulb will come on. Your guy will get it. Your guy will get it. Hey, what do you think uh, coming out of that South Florida game? What impressed you? Everything. I was just fantastic. What a start to a season. From the first play, I mean, it just you, – you really can't ask for a better start for a season. It was just uh, every Cougar fan's dream. And, and I don't know what kind of squad South Florida has or what they'll have this year. We'll see. That time will tell on that. But, I mean, we do know – 
that our squad is legit. We looked good. We, we executed. We started fast. We took care of business. Um, we got guys healthy, which is good, especially on defense. And we look fast and athletic. And, you know, the new running back looks great. He looks fast and athletic. And quarterback made good decisions all except for one play. And uh, it was just it was great, man. It was just fun to watch. We were, t- we were just talking before he came out. South Florida's coach on his press conference said, hey, we knew that they were good. But we actually were surprised. They're better than we thought they were for a first game especially. What does that say? Yeah, that, yeah. when you get compliments like that, that's that's really where it means uh, something because that's somebody who actually knows. They just played us. And, um, you know, BYU, and hats off to the staff, to the administration, to the people, the decision makers, and Kalani and co. They have been trending upwards for a couple years now. And, you know, it's just it's the flywheel effect. They're just gaining momentum each year. And I, to me, what I start to see is you start to see talent on the field at positions that we haven't had it really ever. And you start to see more depth. And depth is just the biggest thing, especially as we transition into the Big 12. For us to compete, you know, that's, that's what we're going to need is, is we're going to need talent and depth and, uh, and all those good things. During a fall camp, we heard a lot about, uh, hey, buddy, who's this? Look at this, look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He's wearing a will. Wait, what about this a Keel jersey? Eight. Come on. This is the eight-year-old. Eight he's he's what, still got what posi- what's to learn What position is he playing, Brian? <laughs> he plays safety and receiver. Nice. Is he, two, how's he doing? Good ones. Is he doing all right? He's doing great. Yeah, he's figuring it out. Um, he's super athletic. He's still, he's still, he tackles the bag like a maniac. And then I'm still trying to get him to figure out to do the same thing when it's a kid instead of a bag. <laughs> well, he, he got, he got oh. just as niceness. So he just doesn't yeah, want to hurt anybody, you know? So, he is a but he needs to have your speed and your physicalness, right? But he need he needs just as like cat, like, like she's unbelievably coordinated and all of that. Right. Yes. Yeah, he's super athletic. So that helps. It's good genes. Yeah. So her, so Nixon's kid, Nate Nixon, was born one week before Cruz. Okay. So they're 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 and Nixon lives a mile away. So those two, they play football, baseball, basketball together. That's it's awesome. gonna be fun going forward. That's awesome. Good deal. Hey, you were talking about the Big Twelve. And yep. and the Big Twelve oh, comes yeah. the Big Twelve comes to town this week. So yeah, ba- Baylor's yeah. in town. The commissioner of the Big Twelve's coming to town, gonna sit down with us on our set to start the game. What what's your thought about this this home opener against Baylor? You have a good this feeling? Is really, oh, this is the litmus test. And I'll tell you what's a confidence booster is when you look in the ESPN app at the spread and it's got BYU minus 3.5. And I'm saying that's 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 just when's the last time we've been favored against a team in the top 10? I can't I even mean, remember. Yeah, I have no idea. So statisticians find that out. When the last time we have been favored versus a top 10 opponent. So, I mean, that's just, that's fantastic. This is our litmus test. The last time we played them, we really didn't belong on the field with them. And so there's a, you know, they, they controlled the whole game. They marched up and down the field on us. And so I would love to see our guys, you know, take that little bit of an embarrassment and respond and uh, give them everything they, they can handle this, this Saturday. A couple of questions from our live stream around the world tonight for you. One is, um, since you've been on the team, what is the most uh, what, what linebacker most resembles you? So we're going to go back a, a few years. 
uh, who, since you played to this day, which linebacker resembles you? Oh, well, I'll, I'll flatter, I'll flatter myself as much as I can and, <laughs> and, say, and say Fred Warner. <laughs> Good answer. That, that's the one I'd go with too. Yeah. Is that, and I agree, I agree with that, Brian. Is there, is there somebody on this year's squad that plays similar to your style? Well, he, he wears my number, um, Keenan Pilly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when he got hurt, our defense just wasn't the same last year. And um, I, I think one of the similarities with him and me is I prided myself on being sideline to sideline, just relentless, being all over the field. And that's what he, he does and brings. And, and we really missed him. Uh, after he got hurt last year, our defense just was never the same. And so, yeah, he's he's a great player, and I, I I really hope that he and the rest of our D stays healthy so we can can finish the year um, like we weren't able to last season. All fall camp, we heard about Max Tooley. Everyone said, keep an eye on Max. He's having a great camp and really kind of grasped the position. And so uh, he gets that pick six heading to the end zone. How happy for you for, were you for Tooley? Oh, dude, I was like jumping. Just, I mean, I saw, you know, people who play football, you see things kind of before they happen. And I mean, I saw it like he, he jumped cause he saw it, he jumped the route and I saw him jump the route and it was a, just a fantastic read. Um, that's that type of play. Like that's, that's a special type of play. You have to have anticipation, coordination instincts. It's just like not anybody can make that kind of play behind the line of scrimmage like that. And he, he did it. It was super impressive. I'll tell you, Brian, and you'll, you'll love this. I want to hear hear what you think about this. We had him on in the interview afterwards, and he took us through his mindset. And I'm telling you, from last year to this year, what a change. Because he says, well, they had doubles to the field. So as soon as the guy came in motion, it became trips. So I knew that I was going to be playing man, that we were going to check the man. So I knew that I had this guy. And then I thought the tendency would be to throw a screen. That would be the highest projected play. So I just waited. And as soon as the quarterback immediately turned and raised his shoulders, I jumped it. And I was I was deciding whether to just smack him and get the big hit or pick it. And in a split second, I decided to pick it instead and took it for six. I was like, Whoa! I just love everything you just said. What do you think about that explanation? That's a man that just warms my heart, dude. That's, that's a guy who gets it. That's a, a guy who's put the time in to study his craft and understands not just what he's supposed to do, but what they're going to do, their tendencies, their formations. Uh, that's next level. That's, you know, when, when people become really good at football, they don't, they, they, they have the, the tangibles of size, speed, whatever, but that what you just described is what takes people to their game to elite levels and you you can't do it without what you just described that's impressive just a couple more minutes with brian keel before he goes to football practice we asked max hall if that hail mary pass to win the alumni game last spring was his greatest moment at lavelle edwards stadium (laughs) he said no but i can tell you it was brian keel's greatest moment and then he laughed and he laughed and he laughed how about that night you know what's funny is so max yeah he downplayed how great that moment was for him. So I can't tell you how many of his family members came up and thanked me because they knew how crappy of a mood he was going to be in if our team lost. Yes. His mom and his wife yeah. and someone else in his family. And they were just so just thankful. And it made me laugh because that's who Max is. He, yeah. he, the guy hates losing. And consequently the guy wins a lot 
Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the winning as quarterback at BYU. And that was just such a fun night. And, uh, you know, I, I still get goosebumps just thinking about it. It's just so fun. Such a, such a great moment. Hey, th- this Saturday, what we need to get your prediction. And then we, then we want to do a thing we call five questions. What's your prediction for the Baylor-BYU game? You know what? I'm, I like, uh, like I said, that spreads three and a half. I'm going to go 28-24. I think we're going to cover, man. 28-24. Awesome. 28-24. For, what? Well, we'll get yours later. I think, I think yours is really close to what McCann picked today. That was, it, was, it was right there, right there. But so. we'll, we'll talk about that later. Former linebacker for the Giants, Rams, Commanders, Chiefs, and, of course, BYU, uh, Brian Keel. Uh, five questions for you. Ready, Blaine? You want to lay it on him? Yeah, yeah. So These are rapid yeah, fire. They just, don't require a lot of thought. You don't thought. think about them a lot. You just do them. You just do them. Okay. So, um, your favorite sports movie? Ooh, Remember the Titans. Thank you very much. That's mine as well. That snaps a two-week Hoosiers winning streak. Hoosiers. Like, Marie Osmond comes on and does Hoosiers, and then... I don't know. And then Amber Whiting came on, the women's basketball coach. She, she does Hoosiers. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're never going to hear the end of this from Marie. So thank you for supporting me on Remember the Titans. Favorite band or singer? Oh, cool. Right now, all time, Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Interesting. That's, you know Interesting. what? They're, they're, they, they brought that first a cappella song, thank you. Unbelievable. Go listen to it. Everybody go listen to it. Thank Favorite you. breakfast cereal? Life. Life? Do you, like do you regular, do regular life? or cinnamon? Regular, life? regular life, baby. Regular. Mikey life. likes it, and Brian likes Brian it. Brian likes it. Okay. When I was okay. in the MTC. I ate a bowl of life cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the meal every single day. <laughs> nice. That's how I kept this weight up, so you can come back and play. <laughs> Favorite NFL moment as a player? Um, probably my uh, fifth year. We were I just my first week back. Uh, with the the commanders now they're called yeah uh, we played on monday night football we played the giants the team that drafted me and then cut me and uh, it was a great game and we beat them and it was just man that was fun that was a good time. Be- beating the beat. team that cut you is a great yeah. moment so fun. all right last one your favorite thing about coaching your son uh oh everything i just well well the easiest answer is uh <laughs> so he put this is first year playing tackle he's been playing flag and before I started coaching, I noticed it was I couldn't watch the game because people on the sideline want to talk to me the whole time. And so the first time I coached them in flag and I was on the field, it was great because I could sit there and watch the game and nobody bothered me. And uh, these these are the eight year olds and the, we're, I'm allowed to be on the field. And so it's great because I can just watch the game, coach my kid. Nobody bothers me. So that's my favorite part about it. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, will you come back uh, when we have a little more time and break down some of these games as the season grows older and as your uh, peewee football season wraps up? Anytime. Yeah. Glad glad to come on. Thanks for having me. Love it. Hey, love to you and the family, Brian. Give everybody our love. I'm going to California with Kellen tomorrow. We're playing some golf. I I heard about this, and I'm jealous. So I think in honor of you guys, McCann and I ought to play at Riverside on Friday. I've already proposed that. That's a great idea. You guys do it. We'll compare scores. Hey, hey, just so these guys know, like it's you and all the old buddies. Who's all going? It's you and Bryce Moika and... It, it, Austin Colley, Dennis yep. Pitta. Austin Chris Dennis. Warner. Pitta, you, hey, so watch fun. Pitta on this scorecard. How come you guys couldn't grab, a, grab Corby Hotchkiss and get him to come down to that? We, t- we tried to. He's on a, a hunting trip. <laughs> oh, now that doesn't surprise me. I know what his nope. priorities are. So. <laughs> hey. all right, I, I love that crew. Loved all those guys, too. Thanks, Brian. Take it easy on the boys out there. It's 1,000 degrees tonight. All right. Yeah, hopefully it's cooler out there in California. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. It will be. So, all right, we'll talk to you ya. soon.
See you guys. Great Brian Keel, outstanding linebacker. Boy, he and Nixon were quite the tag team on the football field. Yeah, he. I'm telling you, you, you Brian would make plays. The thing that he said about Keenan Peely, that, that Keenan goes sideline to sideline, Brian would make a play in the backfield, and then the next play he'd knock a ball down 18 yards down the field on the sideline. He'd get, he'd get in his drops in pass coverage, um, and, and the quarterback would hold it, and he would get in his drops and get back down there and literally take away a comeback route on the sideline from underneath. I mean, just such unbelievable range. And, and he's right. You know, he said, oh, I'm going to flatter myself and compare myself to Fred Warner. But the other guys that were like that with that kind of range were Fred Warner and, and Kyle Van Noy and, like, guys that are big-time players in the NFL. Um, what, what a talent and what a good guy. Yeah, so, so Brian played with my oldest son, Kellen. They all started together on the defense, and, and Kellen roomed with Brian. They were roommates, too, before they were both married, before, before they found uh, Jessica and Sarah. And they're all good Thank friends. Thank goodness they did. Yep, they're all good friends. And that's what football does. When you're, when you're brothers in football, you stay together literally forever. And it doesn't matter how far or how long you're apart, you get back together and you pick up right where you left off, just like your own family. And that's fun to hear that group all getting together and going, going down and playing I'm jealous they're all going down to California and play. But I do think you and I will play in honor of them. Yeah. And all roads are leading to Saturday night. That's right. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Our next guest tonight took a handoff on a hot September night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 1998 and ran for a career-long 19 yards against the Crimson Tide defense. Suited up with the Cougars between 1996 and 2000. We welcome Will Snowden to the wise guys tonight. Will, welcome to the show. Do you remember that run? Yeah, I do. I actually shouldn't have ever made that run. I was hurt. I had a, I pulled my hamstring uh, Thursday before we were leaving, and um, we needed me. <laughs> I guess they still needed me to play, and um, I'm I, I'm happy I got that run. But I was pretty beat up that game. What What was your fullback Kalani Sataki doing on that play? Yeah, what was it? Well, yeah, what was he doing? I don't know if Kalani was in that play. I think that we were in a single back set there. Um, so I think he was, uh, enjoying some, some, uh, pickle juice, which he needed. <laughs> um, cause yeah, he, he got injured that game. Actually he took a pretty bad shot, uh, trying to make a play on a ball. Um, so he was sitting on the, I think he was either drinking pickle juice or he was on his back trying to get some things worked out, uh, from an injury, um, where I should have been as well. Cause I limped up the sideline. <laughs> if I was healthy, I would have walked. That would have literally been my best run, longest run. And it would have been about 60 or 70 yards. So. Oh man. Well, look, you led the team in rushing with 27 yards. They had Sean Alexander who had five touchdowns and a 38, 31 showing you lose by a touchdown back at Alabama. They weren't ranked that year. So they must've been in a rebuild, but uh, it was you and Sean Alexander going toe to toe there for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I think I only had two carries, though. So um, <laughs> I think that I was two carries for 27, 28 yards, and one was 19. And another one was maybe a, actually – and then another time they put me in on, like, I think it was, like, third and three or fourth and two or something. It was a big run needed, and I'm like, why in the heavens am I in the game? <laughs> uh, so I'm hurting, but uh, it worked out. I mean, it was a good game, and uh, at least we got a chance to see the uh, – the coming out of Sean Alexander because he ran up and down the field on us. It was, it was quite impressive. And, and, and probably a pretty cool experience to be down in SEC country and play in that type of a venue, huh? 
Oh man, we, we it, it was it was exciting, and we fared really well. We had a chance mm-hmm. to win the game. Um, you know, a, a few things. I think if we would have been more healthy, I think we would have won that. Been able to win that game um, down there, but it was unbelievable experience. Uh, the the heat, the humidity, the fans, and and it's a pretty green place to go play. So I enjoyed it and. Uh, that's one of my fondest memories, even though I was hurt and felt terrible. But well, we, we want to we want to take you another memory. Only this time, is it's a win. It's a win, and I'm hoping you're healthy. Yeah, I'm hoping you're healthy in this game. We're gonna take you to October third, nineteen ninety-seven. Utah State and BYU tied at thirty-five, under four minutes to play. You get the ball on the two-yard line, and as as Austin Colley says, magic magic happens. You you come away with a win, forty-two thirty-five. What about your memory of that one? Well, that's just, you know, that's just good living, you know, like, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that was a great memory to win the game. Um, we actually drove all the way down that we had some real adversity that game with injuries to quarterbacks and Paul came in and played really well. We had an injury to a couple backs and um, I basically walked in the end zone. The O-line did a tremendous job hooking that end and uh, it was nice to put the Aggies to sleep in that way. Um, with an exciting high scoring game. So I remember that one. That's my first college touchdown my freshman year. So, so I'll never forget that one. Here's another memory. November 8th, 1997 is a shootout with Tulsa at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kevin Federick drops back from the 18-yard line. And what happens next? Uh, well, you know, the only thing that should happen when I'm in the game is you throw the ball to me. So <laughs> I, I had a nice little wheel route. I, I don't know. We might have been on like the 25-yard line. I had my second. That was my first receiving uh, touchdown in college. So that's also a great memory. And um, I've got a lot of great memories. Most of my memories, though, you know, I always tell people I, I do a lot of stuff with radio and um, I mentor a lot of kids, and I and I just let people know my role at BYU was to be a role player, and I played a pretty solid role. I, I did a lot more blocking than anything else. Um, we had great backs at that time, great fullbacks, great tailbacks, and my role was to catch it sometimes and then really just get in the way of someone and try and block a little bit. Um, so I, I cherish those times. I cherish those relationships I have with the players I played with. Um, and we won a lot of games, and um, and that was what it was all about. What is it about college football? You know, we were just talking to Brian Keel, and he just told us that he's getting together with like seven or eight teammates, including my son Kellen that he played with, and they're all yeah. heading off on a golfing trip this weekend. What What is it that makes college football so special, so special that we all love to watch it, that you can remember plays from your freshman year, I can remember plays from my freshman year, kind of brings us all together, but also the relationships that seem like they just last for a lifetime. Why is college football so special that it can do all of those things? Well, you know, it's a sport that, that, you know, it is the ultimate team sport. I mean, uh, you can play a lot of sports and every sport is a team sport. We, we, we understand that, but nothing is like the team sport of football. Um, you, you see it in basketball. Um, it's really simple. If LeBron James came to play for BYU this year, I would be guaranteeing that we would be in the, uh, we'd be running deep into the tournament. That's one player can make that big of a difference. Um, same thing in baseball. If you, if you have an ace picture pitcher, he can keep you in games. Um, but in football, it's going to take every single guy. And, uh, 
a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of sacrifice. Um, you know, I came out of high school as a highly toted uh, running back um, that was used to just getting the ball. That's what I like to do. Give it to me and let me run. Um, and then I got to college and they said, actually, we have other guys who can run the ball as well as you or better. Um, so you better figure out another way to make uh, an impact on this team. And I finally figured out how to do it um, <laughs> into my senior year. Um, took me a while to really sacrifice. But once you sacrifice for everyone and everyone's sacrificing for each other, it builds a, a pretty aggressive bond. And then also it's the time that's spent. You, you, you get to college and you get thrown into this fraternity of, of, of young men. And that bond does last a lifetime because you spend so much time together and you sacrifice so much for each other. Um, you build wonderful relationships and that's how it is. I mean, I, I played on great teams, you know, you, you I played on tremendous teams with great individuals um, and so many of them have had so much success outside of football, uh, i.e. Kalani Sataki, i.e. Um, Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, it can go on and on and on just in the coaching world and then also in the business world with what guys have done. But I think it's just that you spend so much time together fighting for one goal and selling out for each other because you can't do it by yourself. That's what makes it special. Will Snowden's on the Wise Guys tonight, ran the football for the great Lavelle Edwards at BYU. Um, let's talk about South Florida. What were you concerned about going into the game that you had answered as the Cougars came out? So I'll be upfront with you. Um, I don't know if you guys heard me. I, I did some radio last week and I, and I had zero concerns about going into the game. All right. Um, I was confident with what BYU would do. I thought that we, they wouldn't be ready for our trench play um, on the offensive line or the defensive line. Um, I was confident that the running backs would come out and run hard. Um, I do, you know, there's, there's some things that, I would like to, I think we'll be a little bit even more effective this week running the ball. Um, we did leave some yards out there this past weekend. Um, if you break down the film, you'll see it. Um, and I know that the coaches have actually identified that and they will fix that. But I really didn't have any concerns besides just, you know, keeping everyone healthy uh, moving into this week. Now, this week, there are concerns that I'll discuss. And um, I do think that BYU is up to the challenge, but there is definitely concerns um, because uh, the Baylor Bears are not uh, South Florida. They will <laughs> Amen. <play>. Yeah. <laughs> They're very well coached. They're really big and physical, um, and they expect to really win. Um, and there is no question. You know, sometimes teams come in to play a team, and they are – telling themselves that they're going to win, but Baylor believes that they're going to win. They know they can win, um, and they know it's going to take BYU's best game to win that game. Um, so uh, two different weeks, uh, that's what makes this thing great. I thought that Jaron looked exceptional. Um, I think he managed the game really well. Uh, Lopini, I was most impressed with him uh, running the ball. I think he was downhill, and, and uh, he really looks the part. I feel like his body – um, is you can tell he's went to work this offseason and in the right way. Yeah, I talked to him today. He's going to sit down with us on the game day show on Saturday night on BYU TV, and he's healthy. You know, it seems like he's had some nagging thing since 2017. Yeah. But I reminded him you have 25 touchdowns. That's quite a bit it for really, a guy it, who's been a role player. The he's whole time. sometimes unheralded, you know, Will, and but yet he's contributed every time he's on the field. Maybe, you know, and in both the pass and the run game, but we got a glimpse of a 100% healthy Lopini, and I think he was better than we all expected. Would you agree? 
Oh, no doubt. Well, you know, I, I've been a big Lopini fan for a long time. I, you know, I, I've been involved with him in high school and, and worked with him pretty closely and got a chance to really watch him do his work in high school. And what people don't know is Lopini can be just as effective on the defensive side of the ball. He could have chose to play safety and be a, 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 a BYU great. Um, him at running back, he really is one of those unsung heroes who plays his role very well and extremely effectively. But this year, he's coming with a little bit more um, than I think everyone expected. He's got an extra step. He's faster this year. Um, he's bigger. Um, and obviously, he's extremely comfortable in this game now. I mean, he's, it seems like he's been watching him play for 20 years, right? Yeah. It just seems like he's been there forever. Um, but one thing that I know they can count on, he's the guy that is kind of the face of the program as far as just being able to count on his production. Um, and I'm excited to continue to watch it this season. I got a chance to see him today a little bit and talk to him and let him know how much I'm appreciating his efforts and let him know how good he looks. I mean, he really does look really good. It, it, that The whole backfield does too, though. I mean, when you have three backs who, I mean, when you watch uh, McChesney run the ball, another kid that I've been yeah. close with and uh, love him. I mean, he gets downhill effectively. His, the ball's high and tight. He runs hard. He's explosive. Um, obviously, Brooks looks good. He's getting comfortable in the offense, and I think it's only upwards for him. So the, the Cougars are, are, are dang sure dangerous this year. So, Will, last year in Waco, BYU lost the line of scrimmage. Couldn't run the football and couldn't, couldn't stop the Bears. Uh, this year, as BYU lines up, they line up with some NFL guys who've evolved, and there's no freshman now in that mix. We had started two freshmen on the right side in Waco last year. Um, so that matchup, and then flip it over to the other side of the ball where the Bears have four starters back on the offensive line, and, and BYU has a lot of experience on the D-line. So let's talk about the trench. What are you concerned about, and what are you optimistic about in those two matchups? Well, so I'm very optimistic about what our, what we're going to do up front on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'll line this O-line up against anyone in the country. And when I say anyone, I literally mean anyone. It, it doesn't matter. Um, this is probably the, the best O-line we've ever had. And, and we've had some great O-lines. But, the, you know, this is a very, very, very experienced and very, very talented group, uh, which all of them, I mean, we're going to have some high draft picks on that on that line and i said picks not just one um because obviously freeland is uh yeah. freak and everyone expects that but i think the chance is special um so i'll line the line up against anyone in the country i'm still going to what i do want to see is how we hold up on the defensive front um this o-line is you know whenever you mateos and grimes they're, they're known for o-line play um, they're going to be nasty. They are very big, um, heavy handed, and they have great feet. And they are, they really do come. You, this is the type of game you want as a D lineman or a, the whole front seven, the backers as well, because they're going to come out ready to fight you. They're going to punch right. They're going to punch early. They're going to jab early. They're going to throw haymakers early. And the question will be, will you fight back? And so this will be the biggest challenge that BYU has seen in several games. Obviously it's not, uh, South Florida, like I said, but I do think they're up to the challenge. Um, what Elisa and um, that, de that that defensive, that whole defensive line coaching staff needs to make sure of is the pad level has to be right, um, because if the pad level is wrong, you will see people being driven off the ball 
and, they, and it will not be pretty. And so I do think that we'll spend a lot of time fundamentally this week, uh, making sure the pad level, the strikes are where they need to be, and that you're in the gap that you need to be in, and that you're holding those gaps because they, they do an exceptional job. Everyone knows that, that Coach Grimes is probably the most respected um, O-line coach in the country. Um, I think that Coach Grimes is going to come in here with, with a real – chip on his shoulder he wants to win this game um and uh and he wants to do it in dominant fa uh, fashion uh, he wants to dominate the line of scrimmage and uh that's going to be the fight for saturday night and it'll be fun to watch what one of our uh, um we're still talking about uh, the two groups up front offense defensive line really the front seven on d but one of our uh, listeners uh, asked freeland barrington or, or kingsley samatea mm -hmm. who stood out the most to you against south florida Oh man, they all looked really good. I was excited to see Kingsley in back in. So it's not a fair question for me because I wasn't very impressed with Kingsley, but obviously I've been a, lo a long time, big time friend, uh, big time fan of Kingsley. So I watched him a little bit closer. Um, but Freeland is, he's as good as they, he's as good as advertised. He's as good as they come. Um, I haven't seen a tackle at BYU as dominant since John Tate and John Tate was a big time first round draft pick who played in the NFL forever. That's my expectation for Freeland. Um, but that's also my expectation for, you know, three other of the guys that they're just, we, that's a nasty group of young men. We, we broke down a play today, Will, on our, on our after further review show. Um, it was a screen, uh, a bubble screen and Freeland was at left tackle and he made the key block on a corner on the sideline. He got out there as quick as the screen player got out there. And I just commented, I said, dudes that big are not supposed to be able to be that agile and get out there that quick. He he really is a freak, isn't he? He's an absolute freak. I mean, he he is he is an absolute freak. Now, Kingsley is an absolute freak as well. And so is LaChance. They've just done a – these guys have put in the work off season, during season, but you just don't look like that and move that like that without putting in extra work. And it's obvious that they've put in the work, uh, but Freeland, like I said, it's, it's just, I, I've got to control, contain myself when I get home. <laughs> this, this guy is special, special, special. I mean, he's, that's what it is. He's special. Um, and I think it's helped him a lot with, you know, playing so many different sports and playing so many different positions. I mean, he's just a freak athlete, period. Will Snowden is with us. We're going to ask you for a prediction uh, in just a couple of minutes on that game for Saturday night. Your profession uh, involves a lot of teaching, evaluating, creating opportunities for high school kids to get to the level of football that we're talking about here tonight on the Wise Guys and, and get a college education. Alpha recruits, alpha camps. Tell us about that. So what we do is uh, the, the focus is, you know, several years ago I had a, a kid coming out, my oldest son, and um, you know, I was a little lost on, you know, what's the best direction to take him really good player. You know, it's, it's so tough for parents and even high school coaches to, if you're not in this all the time to really identify where your son sits, right. Where your player sits. So the biggest thing that we try and do is we, we, we have four things that we focus on. We want to educate you, help you understand how this business works because college football is a major business. It's a big step away from high school football. Yeah. Number two, we want to train you. Um, Cause we want to make sure that I want to be able to call coaches and email coaches and utilize them in relationships nationally 
but I want to be able to give them a true evaluation. So we train our kids. Um, then we mentor these kids and we mentor them. And, and I call that you kind of mentoring them, making sure that we're covering everything from mental, mental strength to whatever it is they need. And then we market the heck out of the kids. I, you know, I spend time calling, emailing. That's my whole life, actually, calling and emailing <laughs> and bothering coaches. And it takes a lot of time. It's kind of a 24-hour job, seven days a week. But I do it because I love these kids and their dream of playing college football. And we have a lot of kids playing college ball. Um, another thing is I wanted to be more aggressive with getting Utah on the map as far as the talent that it has. Um, this is one of the most under-recruited, underrated states. And as you've seen over the few years, it's starting to get better and better and better. And it comes from people like me, but not just me. There's more people in this state that are taking advantage of spending time with these kids and marketing these kids and reaching out to coaches and telling their story. Because at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to hearing the kid's story because there's so many kids. It's so overwhelming for recruiting coordinators and position coaches because there's so much access to kids, but that means you have access to literally hundreds of thousands of kids and you don't have the time to evaluate them. Um, it's not like when we were coming out and, you know, people were sending VHS tapes. I mean, with Twitter and, and email, um, you can imagine how many emails the BYU recruiting coordinator is getting every day of film. It's hundreds and thousands of emails. Um, so it, we, we focus on creating relationships with coaches, building trust in what we do as far as how we train, and then we're able to create relationships with our players and connect them with coaches. And we've been very successful. Um, and this year is a great year. We have a great class. I got a great 2024 class and 2025 class. And so, I mean, I'm complaining about all the work, but it's a pretty cool job. That's, you know, that, that, that is awesome. We, we just put up on, on our site, uh, both at Twitch and on our, our YouTube, um, the link so people can learn more about Alpha Recruits. You you have a fun thing going right now. We were just talking to Brian Keel, and he was going to football practice with his 8-year-old uh, with Cruz. That's his oldest, and he's coaching the 8-year-olds, and we are talking about what he loves. Um, you've had a chance. Smith is your son that's in that age group right now where you're doing all these things you're just talking about with Smith. Um how much fun is that to be able to coach your boy and to help him with, with these decisions and get him ready for that? Well, it's been quite, it's been quite fun. I mean, Smith's an exceptional young man. I mean, he really is. Um, what a blessing he's been to our family. And, and, you know, he kind of gets it. He, at a young age, he had goals that he wanted to, to aspire to accomplish. And uh, he went out and worked for it. And we gave him the blueprint because my other, both of my other sons have played college football. Um, my oldest son, Drayden played, he went to Utah state out of high school. Then he ended up transferring and he was a three-year uh, starter at nickel for Weber state. So he played for Jay Hill. Uh, my other son went to snow college, played two years there, but had some injuries and um, had to step away. So, and, and, you know, we come from a major football family. Both my father played, he played in the NFL with the skins. My brother played with the Denver Broncos and uh, the Toronto Argonauts. So we have a long line of football players, but it's been fun. Uh, Smith's gotten a lot of recognition and he deserves it all. I mean, he really does deserve it because of his work ethic. And now I'm just trying to figure out uh, where he's going to end up going to college and uh, hoping that, you know, you know, not trying to put any pressure on him at all, uh, but just hoping he makes the right decision. You know, we, we were, had Brandon Doman on with us last week and we told everybody, Hey, watch that Sky Ridge football team. You got a Doman at one quarter <laughs> corner and a Snowden at the other corner, right? 
It's pretty crazy. He's a great little player as well. That's a loaded team. Uh, big game this week against Tempe, who has a lot of yeah. talent, a lot of BYU, um, got a lot of guys at BYU is recruiting aggressively on both teams. Uh, so I'm excited to watch that. But once again, as far as working with Smith and guiding him through this, it's been fun. Uh, he picked up a big SEC offer today um, from Tennessee. Um, so he's got a lot of suitors coming after him, and um, we'll see how he what he ends up doing. How is today's athlete different from when you were coming out of Boulder High School in Colorado a few years back? Well, I'll tell you, the the elite athlete, I mean, I was an elite athlete coming out, and I, I mean, and there's just no way I would be able to keep up with what these guys are doing. Um, the work ethic is different. Um, also, the 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 opportunities that they have. I mean, if you look at my program, you know, um, and who I have working with our players positionally, uh, my my son Drayden is probably one of the better DB specialists in the country. He does an exceptional job. Um, he's he is the reason that Smith is as effective as he is. Um, but also a lot of our corners and sec- secondary, you know, my co- he works with them and trains them. And so these guys are more year around with training, right? Um, they're concerned about their nutrition. They're eating better. They're running ex- obviously so much faster <laughs> um, than we were running. And it just comes down to their commitment to training and, 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 and health. Um, I will say, and so I do think it's just the support they get as well. So are they much, are they so much better? Yes. And it's because they work more and they have access to more information to be better. You know, we just, we just talked about BYU up front, especially in the offensive line. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Will, and that is they have multiple NFL picks in that program. Now, how do you feel about BYU's recruiting and the talent level as they move it's, I, it seemed like it was forever. Like now they're moving into the Big 12 next fall. Have they recruited? And is the recruiting in a position where they're going to be able to compete in that league from a talent perspective? Um, I think we still have some some work to do. I mean, you know, BYU, we still aren't as deep as we need to be, obviously. You know, the, I mean, it, that's something they we need to be better at. But I, I, I do trust Kalani and the rest of the staff to, to go and – recruit these players aggressively because you know in the independent era you know we we can recruit kind of independently now we're going to be competing against all of those all of those schools up on the wall plus we're going to be competing against the schools that get at it so we're really going to have to you know step up our recruiting to win some of the talent that we want um that's lds talent that's all talent um we're going to have to really step it up and be more aggressive. And I think they've made some hires um, to, to put themselves in position because they understand that's going to happen. So right now I feel like we're going in the right direction. Um, you know, it comes down to getting some top guys, um, Smith Snowden being one of them. Um, we've lost a couple of guys that I was hoping to get in Hunter Clegg and um, some other individuals. But at the end of the day, BYU is going to be BYU. We're going to fight you till the end. We're going to play with tradition. Um, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, that kids that, you know, that kids understand what BYU football is, because, you know, these some of these kids coming out, my son was born in 2005 or whatever. Um, So his experience of everything that happened before 2005 and bringing young football, sometimes these guys don't truly understand the tradition that 
Brigham Young football actually brings. And so I hope parents and I hope fans and I hope the kids will actually understand what it means to play for BYU football and understand how much of a big deal it is because traditionally um, we're, we're, a, we're a top 25 program um, who've won every big game you can imagine and we will continue to because of our tradition and our fight and who we are and what we stand for. We were on game day the other night uh, and Brian Logan said that what, we asked a history question. He goes, I don't, I don't go back any further than 2009. So then I reintroduced him to David Nixon and Blaine yeah, Fowler. I was like, wait a minute. Hey, who had come before him. I was like, Belo, um, I'm going to bring my national championship ring in and so you can see it sometime. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it is. So, that, that, so that's what I will say. I feel like when I was coming out, I was really more well-versed historically on what was going on in football. I think that the kids today, they don't spend as much time actually watching football. They don't get me wrong. They watch film, but they're not sitting around um, on a Saturday or a Sunday after church or whatever they do, just watching games. The majority, you know, because you have your phone and you have these distractions and they get a chance to look at more highlights than just actually breaking down, watching a whole college game or watching a whole NFL game. Um, so, so they're not understanding the history of, of what the things that came before them. Um, so I, I try and spend a lot of time with Smith helping him identify um, players who came before him so he can respect that. Um, all of the BYU guys who came before him and all the schools that are recruiting him and NFL guys besides just the guys who are there now because there's so much to learn from him. A couple Boy, more. That's a, that's a great perspective to, to, to bring to your son. I love that. A couple more minutes with Will Snowden. Dave Almodova is going to join us at the top of the hour. I love that uh, thing on the wall behind you. A good name is better than wealth. Are you telling these kids a good name is better than wealth as they chase dollar signs and, and all that's changed now with, with how recruits sign with colleges? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, we, we live by that mantra in our home. Um, and um, it's something that I, I, I preach to, to all the kids. I mean, everything to me is, is who are you in your community, right? So I spend a lot of time with, with my kids on, on the things that really matter to me um, and, and what I think obviously really matter in this, in this world. Football's great. I don't, I don't want any, anyone I mentor um, to be uh, thrown in the football box. So I don't want my son thrown in the football box. He's much more than a great football player. Um, and, uh, and he'll always know that, but yes, uh, your name means everything, who you are in your community means everything. And we want to make sure that, that my guys know that here comes Smith walking. Hey, in right Smith. Now. <laughs> How's it going? Good. So, hey, I, 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 I went and watched him play. Will, um, I didn't know I was going to go watch him play. Hey, I went and watched you play. Smith did a great job. I, I was sitting up by Brandon. The reason I went was because my granddaughter was in the dance company, the dance thing at, ha at oh, yeah. halftime. So, so we went up and watched that, and then I, I had the, the great treat to to be able to watch Smith. And, and we didn't get to see Brandon's boy because he was injured. But, you know, yeah. you're, you're opposite corner, Smith. But excited yeah. for you guys up there at Sky Ridge. Great, great coaching staff with a lot of tradition. You guys are rolling. That's fun. That's fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season. Yep. Hey, uh, Smith, uh, does your dad ever talk to you about when he ran for 19 yards on a carry in Tuscaloosa against Alabama on a hot, humid night? Wait, and let's add, with a pulled hamstring. With a pulled hamstring. With a pulled hamstring, he went for 19 Career-long run against the Crimson Tide. Does that ever come up over dinner? I always dinner? tell you about that. He was the leading rusher. He's always talking about it. <laughs> Back to the glory days. First <laughs> off, I'm not always talking about it. But sometimes you have to let these youngsters know that you know, I've been there and done it as well. That's awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> 
have. All right, let's uh, let's get your prediction for Saturday. What's it going to be? Well, you know, I've been struggling with this uh, as I as I break it down, uh, trying to identify what I think is going to happen in the game. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys what I'm going with. I'm going 31, 31, 27 Cougars. I went right. thirty-one twenty-eight on after further review today. So, so I, Will and I, I think a lot of you and Will are. I went thirty-four twenty-four, is what I picked. Keel Brian Keel picked twenty-eight twenty-four. He says it's yeah. three and a half points. He says they're going to cover though twenty-eight twenty-four. We we all have the Cougs winning, which I like, um, and we're all a similar. It sounds like we're all uh, pretty confident that BYU is going to be able to score on this Baylor defense. We're all kind of in that. Everybody we've talked to, high 20s to the mid-30s is that what, what our general consensus from everybody we're talking to. But you're right close to McCann on that one, Will. You guys are close. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be – that's what I'm expecting. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, the fan base is going to be pretty excited for this game. I think the rock will be rocking. And I'm going to be in there watching it. I'm excited to watch it. And um, I think the boys are ready. Um, but we're a few days away, and we've got some some. There are some things offensively. Thirty-one points, McCann. With, with, with us saying those 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 points, that means we expect a lot of people to step up offensively um, with questions on Puka, questions yeah. on Gunner. Um, but whenever you have a quarterback at the level of, of Jaron Hall and the way he's playing right now, you've got a wonderful shot. Yeah, I, that that's what it all comes down to. When that quarterback is spreading the ball around and getting to twelve different receivers, he. He found uh, this last game. It's, a, it's impressive, and that makes all the difference. That's why I say they get into the 30s in yeah. this game because of Jaron Hall. All right, let's wrap up with five questions. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Yep. Favorite sports movie? Ooh, that's, uh, Suddenly we're not so ready, are we? Yeah, now, <laughs> now we're getting into the – My favorite, that, That's a really tough one, but I'll go with Remember the Titans. Yes. That's mine as well, and it's also Brian Keels. We were going on a Hoosier streak here the last couple of weeks. That- yeah, yeah, because that's, to be honest, uh, Hoosiers is a really classic movie. I, I really love that movie, but I'll still stick with, with I'll stick with Remember the I, lo- I love it. I'm glad you went football. You know who started the Hoosiers thing? Marie Osmond was on the show a couple weeks ago, and Marie starts Hoosiers, and then for the next couple weeks, it's Hoosiers, Hoosiers. So. She didn't even hesitate either. It was, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the best so, movie. So remember Hoosiers. the Titans. We love it. All right. Favorite band or singer? You too. Uh, oh no, no, my favorite band or singer? Yeah, or it could be a yeah. band or a singer. It could be a solo artist. Favorite band is uh, I'll go with my, I'll go with band and I'll go with uh, Dave Matthews. Oh, Dave Matthews Dave band. Matthews. That's old school. Okay. Feeling that favorite right. favorite breakfast cereal. Oh man, this is another great one. But I'll <laughs> go with Cinnamon Life. Thank you very much. That's mine as well. Will, you and I need to hang because like... <laughs> Keel went with just life. Yeah, he just went with plain, plain life. old life. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Cinnamon Who life. Who did that? Brian Keel. Keel. You know he's got problems. I mean, <laughs> yeah. wow. Nobody eats regular life. And does he eat regular Cheerios too? That's, That's you know what? Probably. Who told us? I think Brandon Doman said regular Cheerios. No, he said... Somebody's, I thought he said O's. He said O's. Did That's right. O's? And I said, do they have sugar on them? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> So, okay, your favorite ice cream. You know, I'm not a big ice cream guy, but but I am but when I do ice cream, I I, I go with uh, Oreo, but I really like Oreo and cookie dough mixed. Cookie oh, Oreo and cookie dough mixed. So, if it's not ice cream, what's your favorite like kind of cheat food dessert. sweets dessert? I'm I'm very weak for cake. Oh, okay. okay. All right. 
All right, uh, fifth one and final one for the great Will Snowden, your favorite BYU memory. Mine, was I involved with the memory or? You know, it doesn't have to be. It could be just, It could be one you were involved with where you played or one that you just remember that just sticks in your mind as a great moment. Uh, favorite BYU memory, there's so many greats, but I would probably say my favorite memory um for me, I'll, I'll go with one I played in. Uh, we went down to Virginia in 2000, my, my senior year. Uh, we were getting smacked in the first half, and we came back and devastated them in in, in uh, overtime to win the game while they opened their new stadium. The crowd was crazy. We played terrible. Uh, we turned it on in the second half and silenced uh, quite a big crowd. Was that was that the Engeman? I think Engeman half? was your quarterback. Was, it, was, Brett, was Brett the one that came in and just threw like a crazy man in the second half? That was the one, yeah. right? Yeah, Ingerman went crazy. That was the year of the, you know, we, we played a lot of quarterbacks, but uh, Ingerman was was special that game. Yeah, I, I see I see Brett at the gym all the time lifting. He still looks like he could go play. Oh, for sure. He big, looks great. Big, handsome dude. So, yep, I remember that game well. That's a great one. Hey, I'm going to throw one bonus question at you. We appreciate your time. We probably kept you longer than, than you expected. Uh, this expansion of the college football playoff, does it save – the current P5s as they are for the next six years, the conferences? I feel really comfortable with it. I've been screaming for this since the beginning of the playoffs. Um, I do think it saves and, and gives us all a little bit more hope um, with what the opportunity can can be. And at the end of the day, dollars make sense to these people. That's why the, that's why we're going to get there. Um, but also, obviously, I always love the underdog, and I'm voting for the underdog. So as soon as we get to 12, you know who I'll be pulling for is number 12, who, no matter who it is, unless they're playing my coups. Um, so uh, I'm excited for it, and I do think it saves it. All right. Awesome. Will Snowden, thank you well, for joining us. We so hope you'll much, join brother. us again. Down the oh, road. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Uh, go Cougs. Big weekend ahead of us. So um, we'll see about this score. Hey, and congratulations with all you're doing uh, on the field and off the field, especially for these kids who are marching into college and, and into life. And uh, we salute you for that. Yeah, we, lo- we love the, the things that you're teaching. It's, those are great things. We appre- I appreciate it, guys. Hey, you have a great night. Love the show. Keep it up. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Will. Will Snowden. Ran the football. Probably should have ran it a little more yep. than he had. Try to could, could have had a few more throws his way. But uh, he, he is a strong voice in this recruiting world. Yes. And yep. uh, and he loves the Cougs. And, and he had a chance to play as Lavelle wrapped up his career. Yes, and, he did. And, and, and uh, great story. And Will's always been, when he was there and since he's left BYU, just a great representative of BYU and what it's all about. So we're, we're so glad that we got a chance to have Will on the show with us tonight. I just saw one of the questions on the live stream, and you join us on Twitch. Uh, just hit the little Twitch icon down at the bottom of the screen, and that'll take you to where you can sign up for free, a free account, and then that allows you to ask us or our guests questions, um, which is really the whole purpose of this show is to flip the power switch on and, and talk BYU football and and uh, everything else that, that we roll out. Occasionally we'll have singers and performers and all those they're things all tied come to, through here. They're all tied. All tied to BYU. And they're all t- and you know what? They're even, they're even tied to sports. Like, remember when Marie came on? Mm-hmm. Um, she was phenomenal with her breakdown of BYU's defense. Plus, she dated Steve Young once or 
twice back in the olden days. Married and, Steve Craig. And married Steve Craig. And mar- went out went on a date, on a date with, with Devin, Devin Durant. Durant. And Robbie so, Bosco's her favorite quarterback. So yeah, that, we that's were, her wheelhouse. We were all in school about the same time. And, <laughs> and so so people are like, you have Marie on the show. She's not sports. I'm going, yes, she is sports. And she was phenomenal. And she's so, BYU. And, of course, we had, we had former Governor Gary Herbert on, and people were like, the governor? That's not sports. I'm like, you don't know the governor. Played then. quarterback for the Orem Golden Tigers. And he's, and he's our golf buddy, and, and he, he covered sports like nobody's business when he came on the show. So, um, you know, and, and we even had Clark Heyman on, um, who's going to be on with us on, on Countdown to Kickoff on Saturday. Coordinating the flyover. And, and Clark's a BYU grad that a, was a fighter pilot and a wing commander and all those great things, and he coordinates the flyovers. He coordinated the flyover at the Florida-Utah game this, this last Saturday, and he's coordinating the flyover at the BYU game this week. So, yeah, sometimes we branch out, but those branches all come back to, to the, the trunk at the some trunk. point, right? The trunk is the Cougs. Next week, Brandon Ogletree, speaking of trunks. Tree Trunks, nicknamed yep. Tree, former linebacker. Trent Pratt, the head baseball coach. Dan Forsman, five-time PGA Tour winner. And uh, Scott Gearhart, the Northwest Director of the BYU Alumni Association. We'll bring him on so everyone yeah, in the Northwest going to the Oregon game can find out what's up at the alumni activity. So that's next week. Later tonight, Carrie Roberts, women's golf coach, will join the wise guys. Our next guest knows how to throw a party. And not only that, he's inviting everybody to come to his house. Absolutely. Or Lavelle's house. David Almodova is the assistant athletic director over marketing and promotions at BYU. He's been working on Saturday's pregame festivities for months. And we welcome him. It's always good to have another Dave on the wise guys. I'm all for that. And we bring him in. David, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. How y'all doing tonight? We're good, doing Dave. good. Are you uh, are you ready for Saturday night? No, not yet. <laughs> but but we'll, hey, believe me, we we go to um, after further review today, and they're telling us, okay, now let's do a little production meeting. Let's talk about Saturday and where you guys are going to be. And we're like, so like you have a stage built and everything over there? And they go, no. <laughs> We go, what do you mean, no? <laughs> but we it's, will. It's game week. They said it'll be built by Saturday. We'll, we'll have a whole stage set for you guys by Saturday. So we're not ready either, David. Don't worry about it. It'll all be ready by Saturday, right? That's correct. That's correct. That's <laughs> what is new? What is new for the fan experience coming to this game? So we, we'll start at 8 a.m. that morning with the tower climb at LaBelder Stadium. Uh, for those who attended last year, it's a... Uh, we, we do that in commemorative with 9-11. Yeah. And so basically that'll start at 8 a.m. Uh, that morning. And away we go with the rest of the day's activities. So uh, we have our Cougar Canyon experience will be open starting at 5 o'clock. Um, we'll have a live band. We'll have the Cougar Walk at 6 o'clock. Hey, Dave, uh, do you, on the Cougar Canyon, do you, do you have to have tickets to the game or can you just come to, to, to the Cougar Canyon? All fans are welcome to Cougar Canyon. You don't need a ticket to attend. Uh, come and have fun. We'll have food trucks, and uh, BYU Radio will be out there, and a lot of sponsorship activation and different uh, interactive games for fans to come and be a part of. Is the band Van Halen, can you confirm that? Is it Van Halen that will be performing? Close, but no. Uh, <laughs> That would be amazing. If you have connections to them, please uh, give me their number. <laughs> I've got some connections, but not to Van Halen. That, that, that's a little beyond me. But the, uh, as, and the good thing is the weather is going to be the highs like 85. So once we get close to game time, it's going to feel like a little bit like a September uh, football night. Um, so Cougar Canyon is out in front of the stadium, which is the west side. If you're coming right. to that, you just find a spot to park like – Anywhere near the stadium along the street and then just walk in? 
Absolutely. You know, another thing that we're adding, and Blaine, you kind of touched on it earlier, but we're bringing Countdown to kickoff onto Cougar Canyon, which will be a big and a great enhancement. Uh, we've been working with Jeff Simpson and the stage I'm excited for and what they have cooking up. Uh, we'll be really excited to have have that show out on the Cougar Canyon. I know we're going to have the commissioner of the Big 12 out there with us. Um, Big 12 commissioner yeah, will be there. We're, yep. we're going to have some Baylor folks on set with us. It's going to be very much a... If they've watched game day on ESPN, that's that's the feel. And uh, and it, uh, we hope that fans will come join us in Cougar Canyon, do all of the things in Cougar, Cougar Canyon, but be part of our audience there and uh, get yourself on TV. Bring some signs if and you Chip want, Gaines, right? Chip Gaines is yeah, going to join Chip. us. Is Chip joining us or Joanna? Because I want Joanna to join us. Now, Joanna's got things going on. I think it's Chip so coming So Chip in. Gaines is coming, but that's that's he's okay, but he's not Joanna. <laughs> now, Major yep. Clark Heyman told us that uh, – a KC-135 is going to buzz the stadium. It won't be the electrifying speed of the F-15s that we saw last year. But this is going to be kind of a cool sight because this is one big bad boy just kind of hovering in the sky. I, I'm, I'm, curious to, I'm curious to see it fly over. Yes, and it's, it's loud, so that's a good thing. Uh, we had the same uh, aircraft fly over, I want to say in 2008 or 2009. I can't remember. But we did have this big aircraft fly over then, and, and they are loud. So that'll be a good touch uh, pregame. Um, but, again, we also we just want to encourage all of our fans uh, to come early, set up a spot, go and tailgate. Uh, that's one of the best things you can do on a game day is to enhance your family's experience by tailgating uh, all day on Saturday. So Great you, weather, like you said, Dave. Yeah. You, so. meant, you mentioned, David, that there's a um, few, few new elements in Cougar Canyon, including uh, game day there. What about in the stadium? Are, are there any things we should be looking for? Like what, what types of um, things do you have planned for the in-stadium experience this year? Sure. Um, still working on a few things. Uh, so we just uh, need some approvals uh, for some of the things we're trying to add. So we won't know until close to game day. Um, we're going to add a few different elements to our third quarter break, which I don't want to give away just yet. So we'll wait till that night. Um, but yeah, just always continuing to try to build the in-game experience. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. By the way, Blaine and, what and I need to do what? Go ahead. Go what ahead. we need to do is have everybody come in that night to bring the noise because we want it loud. We want it to be louder than ASU next last year. So we just need fans to come and be loud. David, you and I and Dave Nixon were standing next to each other at that Arizona State game, weren't we? And yes, we were. And, and we commented that we had. It was deafening. Um, Dave Nixon said, I don't even know how you think when it's this loud. And then they proceeded to, was it three false start penalties? It was four. It was four. four false starts. So four false starts. In a row. And, and people want to know if the fans can have an impact on a game. Is there any question that the fans uh, had an impact on the Arizona State outcome? 100%. And that was a key moment in the game. Right when that when those four four false starts happen, so fans are definitely have a have a place and and have a chance in the game to really affect the opposing team and help our team as well. Let's talk about fireworks, which is outside of flyovers, is my favorite topic to talk about in pregame and postgame celebrations. Uh, I, I think you've done a great job over the years as the Cougars come out of the locker room and and just the way they take the field with the fireworks going off and nothing creates a buzz in the stadium more than explosions and uh 
Are you enhancing that? Will there be more fire in the stadium? And after the game, I know when when the Cougars win, it seems like you light up the sky with a with a mini show. Again, all things we're working on for this weekend and waiting for approval. So, <laughs> so that's uh, that tells me the answer is yes. And by the way, Blaine and I approve all of we those things. It. We prove it. So, <laughs> hey, and then after it's going to be a late night, but sometimes there's dance parties out there. Uh, where Cougar Canyon was before the game. Is that going to still go on this year? Uh, not after this game. Not well, not this week. Well, this one's going to be a late fans, A little too late, right? Late night. A little too late. And hopefully fans, if they want to celebrate on their own, by all means, celebrate. So you can, we can party. have an, an impromptu dance party out in front of the stadium? And both of you are the DJ and MCs. <laughs> we'll do it. Hey, which is going to be better, David? BYU's victory um, this week or you and I at the Masters this past spring? <laughs> I That was an unbelievable experience that I'll never forget. But I really hope uh, we play well this Saturday, and hopefully we come out on top. It'll I, be a tough one. See, It'll be a tough one. Even, even, uh, Corey, who hosted David and I at the Masters this last year, um, and it is a big wig. Um, I just say he runs the Asian PGA Tour because it pretty much he does. <laughs> um Corey's a big BYU guy. The people people don't know that, and he joins us sometimes on the show from Japan. Um, oh wow! And, and I could tell you that Corey would say he would rather see BYU beat Baylor and be at that game than be at the Masters. No question, don't you think, David? I, I had one hundred percent agree. Yeah, Corey's <laughs> the man. So, how much stress will you be under, say, Friday night? Because Saturday's the big game. Saturday's the big game. It's it it started a few weeks ago, Dave, and we're just uh, working our way till Saturday. The thing about this whole thing, though, is I just I have an amazing staff. Our fan experience and marketing team are amazing at what they do. And so, you know, Anna Metcalf leads that team. And I am very confident in what we have discussed and talked about and collaborated on that it all come to, to fruition on Saturday. And hopefully we can create the best experience we can for our fans. Feels like we should do five questions. Should we do yeah, five questions we, we with David well, Almodovar? Uh, you know what? Well, somebody asked if you grew up in Laie. Yes. So he did grow up in Laie. That's one, one of the Do you fans remember the Hadleys? Yeah. From across the oh, street? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Jack Hadley is uh, the producer, executive producer of our show right over here. He's sitting over here. He's really? waving he says, to you. He okay. said he grew up. But this was, enough, this was another it's fan. It's like that, a luau now. That, so, so there's three of you that are tied. Jack, we have to figure out who that was that tweeted in and asked if you grew up in Laie. So there's three of you from Laie. So, and, and then by so the way. So my neighbors, I grew up right next to the Anais. They were my next door neighbors. So, so there you go. Just some hey, reference there. I, I yeah. used to I used to play free at the old Kahuku golf course where the instead of a clubhouse there was a trailer, and I would go in and they would they would say some ridiculous cost when I knew it didn't cost that much and and I they would say you're not from here and they would go do you know that Coach Famika and I is a good friend of mine and coached me on the JV team when I was a freshman at BYU and they said oh you knew Coach and I and I go yeah and they go. Yeah, you could play for free. So then they would, then they would let me play for free. So, hey, and by there the way, our, our boy, our, our our buddy Corey Yoshimura is he's on with us tonight from in in uh, Japan, and uh, hey, Corey. Awesome. He, he asked you how your golf game's going these days, and then he says, uh, "Ask if you're going to do camo gear again uh, for nine eleven week," and then is asking when the sailor coog is going to come back on the helmet. Those, some, good, those are some big questions. time questions from Corey. Tough. I'm gonna have to call him later. <laughs> <laughs> Those require longer answers. Okay, Corey, you're gonna get a call from from David. David Almodova is in charge of all the festivities. Five o'clock, 
Cougar Canyon. And you heard him say you don't need a ticket to get into the stadium to come down and just experience the experience of opening night in Provo. And the, the flyover is like at 8.05. And so uh, if you're in the stadium or you're near the stadium or you're anywhere in Provo, it's going to be kind of cool. Sets the tone for uh, one of the biggest home openers in school history uh, with ninth-ranked Baylor coming into town. All right, five questions for you. You ready? Ready. Okay, we always start with favorite sports movie. Wow. Man, that's... Friday Night Lights, I know it's not a movie, but it's a series. Does that no, count? They, they actually had a movie also. I know they did, but I love the series. The series does that count? Is, or does it have to be oh, movie? No, you my, can do that. No, you can do, you can do that one because Brendan and I, my wife, we... We got addicted to that whole thing. If you and, promise and, and more fire it. in the stadium on Saturday, you can do whatever you <laughs> Pick want. Whatever you want. So, so we're we're gonna go with Friday Night Lights because you know Stadium of series, Fire was the, the last series. big event. Yep. And so now That's we have right. a Stadium of Fire coming on on yep. Saturday night. Yep. Uh, favorite band or singer? Favorite band or singer? Man, um, you know I've gotten really into country music lately, so I'm gonna say Garth Brooks. Good choice. Brooks, that guy can put on a concert. Oh, he can man. put on a show. He's one of the greatest entertainers all, of all time. So. Keith Urban's in yes. town yep. next next week up at yep. USANA. He's yep. another awesome. So um, favorite breakfast cereal. This is always an interesting one. Frosted Flakes. Old school. I just had Old frosted, school classic. I just had some Frosted Flakes before I came and did the show tonight, <laughs> just for your information. Nothing better because Tony the Tiger says they're great. Favorite That's ice right. cream. Favorite ice cream. You know, guys, I'm playing Jane when it comes to ice cream. So the good old-fashioned vanilla bean ice cream. Vanilla bean. Anything hey, goes great with hey, vanilla. And I'm going to go off off our normal because one of our viewers, Obi Grace, says, um, on the five questions, can you ask David what his actual favorite breakfast is? And if it's not Spam, eggs, and rice, is he really from Hawaii? <laughs> How about the Locomoco? What's Locomoco? Blaine, are you serious? Yeah, tell me. I'm, I'm lost. Yeah, I don't know either. This is, this is next level okay. stuff. Local Moco. We start, we have two hamburger patties mm-hmm. on a bed of rice with two fried eggs over it and brown gravy. And if you want to enhance it, you add Portuguese sausage or spam to that meal. That's what I'm talking about. So now here, I didn't know it was called Local Moco, but I have certainly, I've eaten that when I've been over in Hawaii yes. with the guys for sure. So we were, so David, that's, we, that's, we were counting it up. Brendan and I were counting it up. I don't know. It was the kids were asking us. How many times I've been to Hawaii, and we got we got it like sixty eight or something, and we stopped counting on how many times I've been over. <laughs> that's a lot of trips. Yeah, that's a lot of trips. Stick with Frosted Flakes. You'll never, <laughs> never. Uh, your favorite flyover. Your favorite Last flyover. Last year's Utah game. How come? Last year's Utah game, because what it did for the stadium, what it did for. I, I mean, I, I was on that field and just. I'd never felt that way after a flyover. It's amazing. And a lot of people around me felt the same way. Um, and that's all, that's a lot of the feedback we got after the game at night. Obviously, the wind was the biggest thing. Yeah. But second to that was everybody talked about the flyover. You, you, you've been involved in a lot. We were asking, we were asking you like eight questions. So, but you know what? You're the guy, so we're doing it. Uh, and this can be the last one. What, what's your favorite BYU memory? You, you've been around for some of the um, amazing moments in BYU sports history. What's, what's your favorite memory? You know, for me right now, I'm going to have to say the 2009 BYU-Oklahoma game in Cowboy Stadium. Mm, and the one. reason I say that is going into that game, if we remember, Harvey Unga was out. 
and you're sitting there going, how do we even compete on the stage with the number two ranked team in the country with 65,000 OU fans and to come out victorious in that game? That was, that was a moment I'll never forget. Obviously there's a lot of great other moments, but that one for me in particular was, was amazing. Pretty special. Pretty special. Hey, one of our uh, live streamers says we love all the things David's doing with the fan experience. Keep them coming. I think everyone appreciates it. And then, and then, and then, I mean, and the, Compliments are, are, are piling up, um, although they did ask, does, does David sleep at all on Friday night? And then <laughs> another one saying, nice job, David. You guys do an amazing job. You do a great job. Lots of folks chiming in and, and, uh, and, and telling you thanks and giving you compliments here. Hey, we Thank appreciate you. We appreciate Cougar Nation. We love you guys. David Almodova on with us. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you all day on Saturday into Saturday night, Sounds good. and uh, we'll have Sounds quite good. a night. And hopefully, you and I can stand down on the field together sometime when the when the rock is needed and watch three straight false start penalties out of the Baylor Bears because <laughs> it's so loud. Let's let's root for that again. I'm ready for it. All Thanks, right, brother. guys. Go uh, see you Saturday. We'll let you get back to work. That's a tough job that David has. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then every all the timing you, you have a you have a pregame show that's all set on the clock and then all of a sudden ESPN goes uh we're gonna we're gonna come on 10 minutes later and then you reset the clock uh and you don't know because there's a game on before like I think this week Kentucky and Florida play before the broadcast for BYU and Baylor and if that game goes into overtime or whatever all of a sudden instead of an 815 kick now we're kicking at 825 and it's David's job then to adjust the whole pregame show when's the band gonna play and remember last year before the Utah game, that kind of got jacked up by by ESPN. So the anthem ends, and the Jets aren't there yet. And Clark told us they were behind because time they're coming over at a certain time, right? Whether or not the band is done or not, and the band went early, played early because the clock was readjusted from from mm-hmm. ESPN, and so the crowd's like uh, chanting USA, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these F-15s it was, come oh, yeah. blasting through, and. Uh, so that's that's a lot of stress on game well, night. I th- I think about that whole fan experience outside the stadium in Cougar Canyon is is under Dave's direction. And then and it doesn't end with football. Then all of the things that happen in the Marriott Center, um, you know that that's David's every promotion and fun thing that happens at these games across sports comes under under David Almodova's shop, um, and and he just does a phenomenal job. That that's a lot of moving parts and pieces and a lot of folks involved and. And BYU's fan experience is second to none. It's pretty amazing. Later this month on The Wise Guys, Margin Hooks, Austin Colley, Ed Eyestone, Devin Durant, Andrew Rich, Rob Jensen, Travis Hansen, they'll all be with us. They're all unique in their own ways and uh, makes for some exciting interviews uh, that we look forward to here on The Wise Guys. Our next guest is the most influential women's golfer in BYU history, both as a player and as a head coach. While playing for the Cougars, she was a back-to-back Mountain West Conference Golfer of the Year, a member of the Mountain West Conference All-Decade Team, honorable mention All-American, and as head coach, she's a three-time WCC Coach of the Year who's also played on the LPGA Tour and, by the way, is in the BYU Hall of Fame. On occasion, she gives us advice when we're on the golf course, and it is our pleasure to welcome our friend and BYU head women's golf coach, Carrie Roberts. Carrie, welcome to the Wise Guys. How about that introduction? Is all that true? We're good. I haven't seen you out on the course for a while. What's going on? I know. Where are you guys is what I'm wondering. We were out there Labor Day, Saturday, Monday. Where were you? Working. No, 
I I was out. I actually played. I didn't play Labor Day, but I played. You know what? I think I did. No, I played. I played Friday. After, I played Friday afternoon when it was a hundred out there. But, yeah, it's hot. But Dave won't come out. He says it's too hot. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Come on, Dave. Come on, he says it's Dave. Too hot. My game needs uh, I want all him the to help play we can get. And he says it's too hot. Excessive heat does does not work. Worked for the football hey, team back in Tampa. The, look at the calendar. Next week it's cold. Get out there. Let's go. Yeah, we'll so be out there. In Utah. So, Carrie, I was I was feeling myself. Last time I played with Dave, we 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 played with Dan Forsman and. And and I play I, I played okay like I think I shot thirty eight on the front Dan shot thirty six and I'm thinking you know what I'm like Dan's like he's one on the tour like I'm I'm hanging in there you were in the zone I was in the zone and then Dan goes out and shoots thirty two on the back nine and yeah. like lipped out three other putts and could have shot twenty nine or thirty I'm and, like okay that's a whole different you were a, you were out of the zone that's a whole different <laughs> world not, than me hey look if you ever run for president I want you to know Dan Forsman's going to vote for you oh yeah he loves you. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, just something to keep in mind: you got at least one vote, and then he we'll vote for you. He thinks you're amazing. But uh, great golfer and, <laughs> and coach. And I, I called him. I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna interview Coach Roberts, and nothing but good things to say say about you." That's now, nice. look, you, you've made some big decisions in your life. You married Corey, which is a good one. You got three. <laughs> you got three kids, yep. um, and uh, three more good choices there. But how about the decision to pursue basketball or golf? Since you were such a star at Wasatch High School up in Heber. What was the difference maker? You know what? To be honest, it's funny because I was just talking to Amber, well, you know, whining about this of telling her back in the day in high school, I loved basketball more than golf. Like I just, it was just like this release for me and I could just play. And, and I just, I mean, I love basketball my whole soul, like high school basketball coaching. I think I would, I told Amber, I was like, call me up anytime. I'll do anything for you. Um, but you know, obviously I'm better at golf and golf <laughs> is longevity. Yeah. Right. Like I could see myself having a very long career in golf. Um, obviously it wasn't playing, but I am here now and you know, I saw longevity in in, um, golf and obviously golf was in my blood. It was kind of a, I almost played both sports. Did you know that at BYU? I no. talked to Trent. Yeah. And then I talked to Judkins when I got here and Juddy's like, Oh, I would have totally let you. I don't know if I would have been good enough, you know, but um he said i could have come on and you know at least walked on or something i don't know how that would have worked there's no way but um there was some discussion yeah <laughs> that, that's pretty cool we just had amber on last week and she was she was great she was awesome we loved having I her i love on. her how how uh, how close um are the coaches across the board at byu do you guys interact a bunch with one another and is there is there a kinship and a bond there yeah the women for sure um and we we've we get together at least once a semester uh, we're always texting um there's a nice unity amongst the women coaches and we've kind of formed this kind of support group um and we talk you know hash it out it's it's really cool um and and on the men's side um i mean obviously when i see him very friendly kalani's probably the nicest human alive um i tell everybody to root for him i mean he just he, he knew who I was before we even met, you know, and, and, and I know that, um, he knew everybody, you know, and he's like, Hey, any, any help we can give you Kalani's the nicest dude ever. I mean, I talked to him for an hour and so, um, and the, yeah, the men's coaches are great. I mean, I, I see, um, our, uh, baseball coach out, out at the, uh, 
uh, Fox, our practice facility, you know. Right, Trent so Pratt. So it's, it's the, yeah, well, yeah, it's a close group. It's a close group, you know, and, and I think Tom does a good job of unifying the coaches and, you know, making it just friendly and supportive. But the women's coaches are very supportive of each other. We talk a lot. Great. Our live streamers are, are chiming in a lot tonight. There's a lot going on now that football season is here. Golf season starts here real quick for you. Um, uh, one question, BYU Sports Addict says, Carrie, in the 10 years or so that you've been coaching BYU, what's the biggest change you've seen in women's golf, in the women's golf program during those years? More competitive in our program specifically or just in general? In yours, it looks like. In BYU's program. In the- in, in BYU, yeah, um, definitely more competitive. We're deeper, um, better tournaments, uh, more things happening. I think we're a little bit more relevant. Um, you know, when I started, it was it was a rough go. I think we, you know, some of my first years we were last in conference, and then you know turned around and won conference. Now we're you know, always competing at conference. And that's kind of a cool thing of, yeah. you know, we're always, we're always right there. And so people are kind of scared of, scared of us yeah, that's <laughs> a little the- bit, you know, Cal- California teams don't like us coming. They, they hate it when these, <laughs> you know, this winter school comes and beats them. And so it's, it's a little bit, it's nice. It's, I think it's a little bit more competitive. Yeah. It's nice to have a little swagger going down there. So, it so does. you played um, when you were playing, that was 98 to 2002 um so here we are in 20,000 you know it's 2022 how different are the athletes um in the game today than back when you were playing has there been a big change huge 75 300 used to be a good team score 75 used to be a really good average now you you want to drop a 75 you know 70 71 72 is the averages you got to have it's unreal how good these girls are and they're getting younger it's unreal how good i mean you guys know you see them and yeah we watch them and play they just keep out getting, there with you yeah yeah and they're just unreal and i mean you've got they're younger and they're better and more competitive it's 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 insane how good these girls are now it's just gotten so much better do you uh, ever remind Mary, Charles, and Lincoln, your kids, that their mom's a Hall of Famer? Does that come up like uh, on Monday night activities? You know, my husband throws it in. I never do. <laughs> um, you know what's funny about that is is not for the Hall of Fame, but so I was MVP in basketball high school, you know, way back in the day. And so I let up on Hank, Hank or Charles. Charles likes to play basketball. And, you know, I let up on defense and he looked at me and he said, an MVP wouldn't let up like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I I thought that was good. Yeah. But no, 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 I don't have to mention it. And and, uh, no, no, I'm mom. Well, someday they will appreciate it because it's not everyone gets to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's fantastic. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, honestly, at first I was like, eh, whatever, you know, not a big deal. And then as they got going and stuff, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's just, you know, pretty cool. Hey, yeah. our, what another one of our viewers, Bluesville one says, uh, Hey, any changes in spectator size over the years, the people that come out and, and support uh, the women's golf and, and, and he's asking, or she's asking, what what can they do or what can we do to help get the word out and get more spectators out there supporting? Hey, that's awesome. Uh, a lot of parents come out. <laughs> we actually went to um, uh, Vanderbilt for regionals and had several people come out. It was awesome. Um, you know, and that's something I've never seen before is, is having 
non-family come out and watch. Uh, Mike O'Connor, I don't know if you guys know Mike O'Connor and his wife, Kathy, they, they've traveled with us several events. So those are things that are definitely new um, where you have people that aren't parents coming and watching. And I'd say get the word. You know, what we need to do is probably put our schedule out social media and just put it out there. You know, and if you're in that city, please come. Please come watch. Even if you don't know, you know, what you're doing, ask us. You know, it's pretty it's pretty chill and we'll tell you how to do it and just follow our schedule. If you live there, come and yeah, blast all over social media, like our posts. That's pretty cool. I like that. So if that. you're, if you're, if you're a BYU Cougar fan and, and this golf team is, you see on social media, the golf team's coming close to you, go out and support them like oh. you do the football team. So yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Corey Yoshimura, I, do you know Corey, Carrie at all? Corey Yoshimura? No. He's, he's a BYU grad that I just say he runs the Asian PGA he actually does run the Asian PGA. Like I'm telling you, huh, Hideki can't cool. make a move. Like it's He's funny. Matsuyama's when, guy. Yeah, yeah. So so when 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 Corey had, I was at the Masters this year with Corey, and um, very cool. I, I said, "What's your relationship like with Hideki?" And he goes, "Well, it's a love hate because every time I talk to him, I'm needing him to go do something. Like I have to ask him to go do something. So <laughs> yeah. But but so he's close. He manages all the the athletes um, for the PGA um, that are over in Japan. He he's cool. he, he's asking this question. He says. Um, what, what are you doing um, to prepare, and how will this BYU team compete as you move into the Big 12? Is, is this a big change for this program, and can, can this women's golf team be competitive right away? Yeah. So the Big 12 in golf, it's literally just one conference championship. That's it. It's one tournament. And I do think we'll be competitive. Um, it's tough. Like Oklahoma State's ranked number two. Baylor's always top ten. Um, but at some point in my, you know, like last year, we beat every big 12 team. Hmm. So, you know, it all just that we saw, we didn't see everybody. Um, so I, what we're doing to prepare, I mean, we're, we're just getting fired up, trying to get as good talent as possible. Um, and I think, I think we'll be competitive, you know, it's going to be tough, but it's something we look forward to. And, you know, when you kind of have that little underdog spirit, you know, it's it's we're gonna be great like i think we're gonna come out firing and somehow we find a way to always compete at, at conference and you know it's just something that we like we want and um you know i'm i'm excited about it you know so it's just one conference tournament and we play and who knows you know golf mm. we'll find a way <laughs> BYU women's golf coach Kerry Roberts on the Wise Guys just ahead of the season opening tournament. We'll talk about your team in just a sec. First, your dad, Bruce, tour player, seven professional victories. Um, did you know while growing up that um, that your dad had a cool but very difficult job? I didn't know it was difficult, but I knew it was cool. So he made the Champions Tour when I was 14. And so I knew exactly what was going on. I started caddying for him right away. Yeah. And my dad's always been my hero. He's just because, you know, he was awesome at golf and he's always been amazing at golf. Um, and I didn't realize how cool he, well, until he, and then when he retired, I realized how awesome it was. <laughs> but uh, it, that was a good time for my dad to travel. And, and I mean, we were always with him. He always had the family with him. He always had the family caddying with him. I mean, I've traveled the entire country and world because of him and the things me and my mom have gotten to do together because I was the youngest, right? I'm the youngest. And so I got to go everywhere and do everything with them. And, and me and Corey, my husband, 
you know, in between when I stopped playing and he went to law school, I was pregnant with Mary. We traveled with them for a full year and it was probably one of the better, (laughs) more fun years of our life, you know, just traveling and, and hanging out with mom and dad and caddy and doing odd jobs and we caddy for other people. And so you have seven, you're one of seven. So you all caddy for your dad. Did you ever have family fights over? You should use a wedge or a seven iron or (laughs) what were you doing? Giving him that club. Yeah, my, well, I mean, there was one time, I don't know if you guys remember up at Park Meadows, he went OB and I was kind of up there and he lost by one and I, oh man, I heard it from my brothers. Like, why did I not jump in front of that? You know, <laughs> And I'm like, I, I didn't know, you know, I would have, I would have. Hey, so, yeah. yeah. You and your extended family, it's one of the great golf families uh, anywhere, yeah. right? And, and uh, so you, between you and the whole extended family, there's some phenomenal players. Who who's the most talented? Like I, your dad probably has the most to show for it yeah. in terms of, but but right. who's the most talented golfer in that family? That's a good question. I mean, obviously Daniel had a good career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, PGA Tour. He he would be hard to argue against. Um, maybe I'm up there. I don't know. I I you know. Did I'll put you up there. Boyd. I'm, I'm voting for you. We're both there. we're both voting for and you. Boyd's, do, Boyd's doing a great job coaching as a personal coach, right? Well, and he was number one amateur. I don't know if you guys knew yeah, that. Yeah, that's I mean, right. He, he, he was you know a number one amateur, and then honestly, I will tell you the hidden gem in our family is Bruce Jr. That guy is amazing. He's an amazing athlete. He could pick up a basketball right now and go make six threes in a game. You know, or he could, you could give him a lob wedge. He'll hit a flop shot. I caddy for him at, um, he's hoping. Mm-hmm. And he was doing things that I was just like, how are you doing that? You know, <laughs> like he's, he's unreal, but just never, you know, took it and went with it. And I mean, there's some, so we, we actually did a, just a Bruce Summer Hayes kids and nephew and 14 under one. Oh, wow. 14 under won the scramble tournament. That, and I'm talking siblings, nieces, nephews. That that's is, it. That's that, phenomenal. Yep. Hey, and by the way, and, and I, Danny. Two people shot 14. Oh, my wow. gosh. Dan, you mentioned two Danny and, and Danny. So I raised my family up in Davis County. So Boyd and Danny and those okay. guys, well, you know, I, I played with them when they were kids. And, and Danny, yeah. grew, Danny grew up with my kids. And like you, Carrie, he was he played on the high school basketball team. You look at Danny, you don't think yeah. that, but but an unbelievable scrapper out on the basketball yeah. floor. And then he goes and plays on the PGA tour. And and uh, so I'm telling you, this family it's the they, first family they know of golf. It's a it's a first family of golf, but they're they're just athletes. This whole family is yeah. a family of athletes, which is really cool. And we don't have any we don't have any problem with you telling the rest of your family that we think you're the we best golfer the best. in the family. I'll tell Danny that to his face. <laughs> We've gone on record. So, so I play, appreciate that. Play begins on Monday for BYU at the USF Intercollegiate in San Francisco. Let's talk about your roster. And and when you go recruiting, do you try to find the most difficult last names for the announcers to <laughs> Because you've got a long list of them and including your yeah. best player Anik yeah, I, I need Hutchkovich. Hutchkovich. I just call her Anna. Hutch- is that okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. That works too. What kind of year do you expect out of her and uh, and the rest of your your group? Now, a golf roster, I think, is six or seven players. That's it, right? So we have total total of eight. We travel with five. So you got to get it right when you're offering a, a kid yeah. the opportunity to come play, and you certainly have gotten it right uh, these last handful of years. What about this particular group? Well, we get everybody back, which is nice. And we had a couple of freshmen 
Sunbin Sa from you know Tempu and and Berlin Long and and it's it's gonna it's one of our more competitive groups amongst each other and obviously we just hope to you know be better than last year and win a bunch and and you know make some noise at nationals and and uh, I'm excited I think we're gonna be good but you know we got to do it when it matters so. You got three seniors we'll along with Anik. You got Alicia, May, Mateo, and Kirsten Fotu. Is that right? Yeah. So Alicia and Anik are the COVID. Uh, Kirsten will have another semester, hopefully another year. Um, she started midway. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alicia, you know, was player of the year a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Anik was almost player of the year last year. Uh, Alicia was in that mix. You know, Kirsten was leading two tournaments, and then we got Leela. Nollyai, mm-hmm. uh, Apalila Nollyai. She's um, as competitive that she won, you know, last year as a uh, sophomore, and so it's I'm I'm excited. You know, Adeline's a sophomore, and she played in every tournament as a freshman. Um, you know, was key in our wins for us. So we've got some good pieces. We've got some really good pieces. So we just, you know, are licking our chops, getting excited to go and. We'll see. I think it's going to honestly be a year of switching in and out people. Yeah. Um, trying to find the best, you know, fifth, you know, four or five player. Um, I think, you know, but and that's what's cool about it is go play for it, right? Can these youngins, can so, they come in? You know, Berlin Long, I've watched grow up and, and know her family. With a uh, team that's this deep and this veteran, can those yeah. youngins come in and contribute right away? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. It'll be, it'll be tough, but I think they can do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if one or both are in. It's that kind of year, you know. We got five questions for you uh, in rapid fire. Before awesome. we get there, let me ask you this: uh, This is a oh yeah, this, this is, is hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. hypothetical. If if you were kidnapped, and the only way to get free was if Blaine and I beat Tony Finau in a one-hole playoff at Riverside with Finau wearing a blindfold. <laughs> Would you feel good about your future? That's hilarious. Boys, I got you. You got me. You can do that. Come hey, on. Hey, if, if Carrie's if Carrie's I'm not sure we life can. is on the line, I will play Tony straight up from the tips and I will there save Carrie. Go. Because I'm better when something important is on the line. I will get Carrie safe. <laughs> And I will take Tony on. Gary, that said. first of all, you wouldn't be freed if Blaine was taken <laughs> Finau. And Tony's been awesome. We see him over there all the time. How, how great yeah. of an ambassador, even for BYU golf and uh, and for the state of Utah. Incredible. Incredible. You know, it's kind of like my dad. They didn't believe he was who he was, right? Yeah. He can't be that nice and that good. And Tony's amazing. He's amazing. Most down-to-earth guy. And I mean, he's influenced, you know, several of my players. I've got, you know, I've had lots of Polynesians and, and, you know, they started because of Tony Fino. So he's a stud. Yeah. yeah I just saw it. Was it golf digest that named him the most well-liked player on yeah. the tour again this year? Um, everybody's yeah. when, when we followed him around with his dad, Klepe at the masters, um, everybody just rallies around him. They want to be around him. It's, it's just fun to see him interact with his peers and how much they love him and, yeah. and how much they love his family. Like the guys, we were there and uh, Rory comes under the ropes and gives, gives Kalepe a hug and says, Hey pops and calls him pops. Um, he, Tony wow. is Tony and his family are so respected for what they stand for on the tour. It's, it was really fun to see firsthand. 
Really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right, five yeah, questions for the Hall of Fame coach, Kerry Roberts. <laughs> You love to use that, don't you? I think yes. it's so cool. We're just gonna we're, we're just gonna, gonna keep do it. saying no one uses it when they introduce up. us, and so that would be cool. So we're gonna use hey, it. And by the way, before we do that, Bluesville had asked you the question. Said, "Okay, I've been supporting men's and women's cross country. Now that Kerry gave me the the mechanism, I will I will start coming out if golf teams around. I'm gonna go and start watching them. So you got a, you got where, a new fan. Where does he live? Where, where, where do you live? live? Where do you live, Bluesville? One, you got you got a. Send us a message real Bluesville. quick. Bluesville, let us know. Bluesville, so, we're coming. All right, so here we go on the, on the on the quick five questions. Favorite sports movie? Oh, Rudy. Okay. Rudy. Hey, that's my number two. Rob, now, just I, as Rudy, we met when we were back doing yeah. uh, countdown to kickoff in South Bend in Notre, at Notre Dame, and he came on our pregame show back there. A super nice guy, and then. It was after that uh, that he joined the church. And, Wait, are and you saying this because you and I met him? <laughs> we met him during that weekend. It was a very big... Dropping that name. But he was good. Uh, he was on our show, and then I, we've seen him, of course, since oh, then. He's, and he, uh, he that was a great. turning point. He's great. That time was a big turning point in his life. Inspirational, man. When, Inspirational. When he, I always was little, too, so it, yeah, I, loved, I loved it. When, it was really cool. When we talked to him on our show... We were standing down in front of the student section. He kind of came out of the tunnel and walked over, and they recognized him, and they started going, Rudy, Rudy. And I was like, it, so cool. it gave me the chills because I had watched the movie. See, and this was I the got real chills Rudy. just for you saying that. It was I really cool. It. I had the chills because it was 10 below zero. Yeah, it was cold. That was the coldest that pregame <laughs> show but, but, of our but life. But the fact that the, that the fans still recognized and understood yeah, the history was, cool. was really cool. And and Rudy's it, it's yeah. it's based on a true story. It's yeah, a, he's a real person. It was really cool. And, yeah. by the way, a member of the church now. Now so he really likes cool. BYU. Favorite so, singer or band? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Imagine Dragons back in the day. Our whole family went to the concert. Everybody knew one of the, every word to every song. Funnest ever was their album. Um, geez, I don't know. I, I listened to a lot of... Uh, uh, what, what's the... Uh, you got me stumped. No, you, Imagine I'll, Dragons I'll, is good. You know that. That's good. So, I'll and, say Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And, 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 and like you stick, you're sticking with the, with the BYU theme. Dan Reynolds is a BYU guy. and when We yeah. saw him when, in when Vegas. Down, down in Arizona, um, we stood with Dan on the sidelines at the Arizona BYU game in Allegiant Field, and we talked football and with with he and Danny Ainge for the whole game. It was really fun. Now, he's a he's a good supporter of BYU. Dan is. So, so I, yeah. I say, yeah, Imagine Dragons is a good one. Hey, by the way, Bluesville. Well, my family knows the words. You know, it's fun. Yep. yep. Bluesville ones from New Mexico. Ooh, we you, won there last year in Albuquerque. We're not going back. Tell them, tell them we're oh, sorry, but dang. we'll come back hopefully buy some, next fall. Buy next some fall. plane tickets, Bluesville, Bluesville one. Come there. on up they're and, and to... a tournament here at home. We're going to hook you up. So Okay. Yes. Favorite, um, favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, man. You know, I love Lucky Charms. Yes. I love – I love – Cereal, how can you go wrong with any you cereal? Can't. Probably Lucky Charms. Okay. Yeah, so do you ever, don't shame so Carrie, do you ever, with Lucky Charms, do you ever eat all of the oats first and just leave a couple no. of big bites of marshmallows for the end? No, you've got to mix it. It's got to be ra <laughs> The ratio has to be correct. Uh, marshmallow to... to I don't understand. See, I told, see, it's attention. Like, some people call it OCD. I, I call it... Um, ATD, which is attention to detail, yes. which is, which I'm, I, I'm stealing that because that came from coach shot Stanford. When my son-in-law was playing there, he told him, I, I want a bunch of guys with ATD and they're like, what's ATD. 
Yeah. Some people would call it OCD. I call it attention to detail disorder. So I don't know why they can't put more marshmallows than oats and, and not think that that wouldn't be well-received yeah. by... Hey, Mike, Mike well, just, if you do it right, the ratio is correct. So the, just pay attention right, next time to your right details. On. So Mike, just <laughs> me, uh, one of our followers is asking, will you be in Texas this year? No, Dang, we don't not, go to Texas this year. Sorry, not, not, not in Texas, Texas this year either. Okay. All right, let's continue on. Number four, favorite golf course to play of all Ooh, the golf boy. courses in the world, including those wow. on the LPGA you, Tour that you've played on. What's the favorite? Yeah, that's the – I don't have a favorite, but I did get to play um, – you know what? If I had to choose a local course, because I'm not – I don't know. Like, Pebble was amazing. Pebble Wait. blew my mind. Pretty awesome. Just played that. Seemed like that would be year. good. See, and people don't like that layout, but I'm like, I love it. How do you not? I mean, how do you complain about Pebble? No, I couldn't believe how small the greens. My only complaint you know, about Pebble is and... it's just too slow. Like, it's like a six-hour round. Like, I want to play Pebble when nobody's yeah. out there, and I can play it in four hours or less. So I actually got to play it early. We were the first time out, and so we just got oh, to go, and it was... That would be a dream. It was heaven on earth, you know, and it was... It, it was, yeah, it was heaven on earth. So I got to that... play with Alicia when we were down there for regionals. And, yeah. And it was, it's a highlight for sure. So Pebble Beach Pebbles. maybe? Pebble maybe? Yeah, I would say Pebble. Yeah, go cool. play Pebble. Okay. Okay. All, right. All right, number five. Biggest putt you've ever made? <laughs> it was about a two-foot putt to get my LPGA card. Oh, man, were that's pressure. That's pressure. Yeah, I was very nervous. I was very, very nervous. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was for, but I knew it was important. My mom had this look on her face, and I knew I was right close. And, I I mean, I was the, – the, the whole last hole, I could feel my heart. I was shaking. I was like, I don't even know how to do this. Somehow I willed it in for par, and and that's got to be my biggest putt. The biggest putt coaching was Leah Garner, my assistant coach, to send us to nationals. That's a – that's my biggest putt coaching. That's bigger than my putt for whatever. It was awesome. That's cool. What What do you tell these these women that you're coaching when they're standing over a putt that means a lot? How do you coach them up to just block that out and stroke it the way they've practiced? I try to just keep it as, you know, same routine, same normal, you know, speed in line, you know, just – Put a good stroke. Trust your cues. Trust your execution. You know what I mean. Just, just do it. Let's see. So you it, can't. You, know? you can't really think about what it means. You just got to stay with your mechanics. Then. Yeah. Even though you know what it means, you can't. And it has to be all process. You have to own the process. We're hitting that hard. My dad. My dad's actually helping us out, and and that's something we're hitting big, big time. Is just that process of it. Own, yeah. I like that. Own the process. Don't let the moment yeah, be too big. Process. So Jaron Hall on Saturday night. He's got to own the he's process. He's got to own the process against Baylor and not let the moment to. be too big. That's what he's got to do. It, it carries over hey, into any sport. I love it. You know what, Blaine? You know what my favorite movie is, though, all time? What? And guess what my guess what my favorite Broadway show is? What? Moulin Rouge. Come I on. I just learned that you're – come Let's on. Go. You gonna yes, come, please. You, you want to come with me up I, to Salt Lake when they come through? Please. I would – I – telling you i'm the biggest moulin rouge fan in the history okay, okay. i took I, I me didn't and my know husband took my daughter this summer and it just i couldn't believe it so where did you uh, where did you guys go see it? did you see it in new york 
We did. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, this touring cast is all like principals from New York and they're amazing. And I, I'm going to figure out how to get you up when they come to this Eccles in Salt Lake City. Because okay. Libby would love to have I'd you come, come, come watch her. They, they just left the Pantages Theater in Hollywood after two and a half months. They're on their way up to the Orpheum in San Francisco for the next two months. Um, but they're going to make their way to Wait, the... Wait, are they, are they there this weekend? We go to San Francisco. They're there this weekend. There you go. Lane, we're going to talk. Okay, I'll talk to you, I'll talk to you later about I'll it. I'll get your cell we'll number. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll out. talk later. Okay. okay. The Hall of Fame coach, Kerry Roberts, good luck next week in San Francisco. Thank Thanks for coming on our show. Look forward to seeing you guys at the course. You guys are awesome. All Thanks, right, Kerry. Thank you. Great, great to have you on. It's nice to have Thanks, friends yeah. uh, in golf like uh, oh, like Carrie. We love we love Carrie. She's great, and that team. I'll tell you what, she's done an amazing job. BYU women's golf is 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 really good, and uh, I, I expect this team as they move into the Big Twelve to be a team that competes for Big Twelve championships and qualifies for nationals. And and who knows with the right, you know, you have to catch lightning in a bottle. But but. Uh, is a national championship in the works for, for that team? That's not out of the question. Sometimes she'll shout at me on the course, hey, why don't you open your eyes when you swing? <laughs> Very helpful no, she'll say, stuff. She'll say, Dave, are you playing that slice? Are you it's, aiming over there? What is wrong reason? with you? Just go in and get a sandwich. Um, how about that? So, Carrie Roberts, Pretty Dave awesome. Almodova, Will Snowden, Brian Keel. Uh, great show tonight. Let's go over our headlines. We've got a lot to cover, and we've got some time to do it. Um, Again, BYU Sports Nation game day, Saturday night from 6 to 8 Mountain Time, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on BYU TV. We'll sit down with Ty Detmer, Lapini Katoa, Major Clark Heyman's going to join the show, Chip Gaines out of Waco, Texas, going to join the show, the new commissioner of the Big 12 will join the show, all leading up to BYU and Baylor at 8.15 Eastern, 8.15 local, 10.15 Eastern on ESPN the flyovers at 8.05, live BYU TV postgame show. Saturday night's going to be off the charts. Off oh, the charts. I mean, I, I can't. The weather is supposed to be great for Saturday night at BYU and Baylor. Um, Mid-70s at kickoff. Um, the overnight low is supposed to be 53. So we're going to be in the 60s a lot of that game. Isn't that what fo- football is made to be played with temperatures in the 60s? It absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, B- BYU's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Coming into this game, Brian Keel mentioned that when he was on. He says they're going to cover. He picked them by four. I got them by ten. Yeah, I got them by three. You, you've got them by three, so you say they're going to cover. with the Vegas guys. Their uniforms, they're going to wear the royal blue tops uh, and and bottoms with royal blue um, lightning helmets. It's going to be nice. Uh, with, with Glistening the, off the so, lights. So with, with nickel face masks. So like chrome nickel colored face masks. They've never worn... That combination before, so it sounds delightful. Royal blue lightning helmets with nickel face masks, right? If you got any questions about the games, this is the time to ask. Yep. As we we preview Baylor, we've kind of done that, um, and uh, we do want to get to a couple of issues. Um, Big Twelve Television they announced that they're going to reopen or open their discussions early with Fox and ESPN to get a new TV deal before the Pac-12. Gets mm-hmm. their TV deal. What is that? Why are they doing that? What does that mean for BYU? So, for, it's awesome because they're not going to wait until the current deal expires in 2024 to negotiate. So BYU joins this next summer. And and if, if they get this deal in place, um, then it kind of upstages the Pac-12 again. Yeah. And it gives, it gives them stability uh, and a long-term future. And you know what? Maybe it even does. And, and I don't know because I do th- think this expansion of the college football playoff maybe – 
um, solidifies the Pac-12 a little bit because yeah. um, now they're not worried so. they're going to be left out. But but it could give the Big 12 some leverage if if the dollars don't pan out for the Big 12 to maybe go still add a few teams and maybe get it up to the Big 16, um, as we like to call it. So um, anyhow, it's 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 I think it's a big deal. BYU women's volleyball, they're number 10 this week. They lost their first match of the year against a really good Pitt team who's in the top 10. Uh, two games this week at the Georgia Tech Classic in Atlanta. You folks back in the South, chance to go cheer on the Cougs. They'll face the Yellow Jackets on Thursday and Ohio State on Friday. Their next game at the Smith Fieldhouse is September 17th against Utah Valley. Yeah, great, great program. And, a, a, and as they get their, their wheels going here, a, a team that can compete for a national title. They, yeah. they can every year. Oh, yeah. Women's soccer, another program that can compete for national ch- titles every year. Number 13, BYU hosts Arkansas on Thursday, 7 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV, and Utah Valley on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV. National rankings, the preseason U.S. track and field and cross-country coaches association polls are out. The BYU men's cross-country team is number four. The women's team is number seven. Both teams in action on Friday at the Run Elite Invitational in Taylorsville, Utah. What this means is BYU has five teams in the top 25 to start the fall semester. Football, soccer, women's volleyball, and men's and women's cross-country. Cross-country head coach Ed Eystone is going to join the Wise Guys in two weeks. That's never happened before. Five teams in the preseason top 25. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, and what, what a job. Um, Ed Eystone's done well. All all of this coaching staff on the men's and women's side with with track and field and cross country. Ed's an old neighbor of mine for years when he was at Weber State coaching. Was he always out running every morning? Oh, he used to make me so mad. Doesn't even use a car. Just no, runs. because I would leave my house and I'd be about a half a block out, and he'd come bounding up the hill like a gazelle, and then he would always say the same thing: "Man, you look like you've been running for a long time. How far have you gone?" <laughs> and I would say, "Ed, you you know I just left the house." <laughs> And then I say, "How far have you gone?" And he said, "Well, I ran here." I'm like, "That's like 13 miles, right?" Yep. He's so got a mustache now. Then, you won't even recognize. Then he would him. take off and say, "Yeah, keep working, Blaine." <laughs> so, but but what a phenom- what a phenomenal! That'll be job our first uh, Olympian on the show. Yeah. So hey, how about BYU Utah State news? The Cougars won't be playing the Aggies after this season in football, right? Due to the Big 12 football schedule, it looks like they won't be playing in basketball this year. Um, or anytime soon. And that's either. too bad. Yeah, I, which I hate. Disagreements over scheduling is going to keep them apart for the indefinite future. Um, I mean, you know, BYU is going to the toughest basketball conference in, in basketball, in college basketball. So it's understandable. But I, I have loved that that Utah State-BYU rivalry, especially in basketball. You and I have done a lot of BYU-Utah State games live. And uh, it's, it's always got a great feel to it and great, great competitive teams so i think it's safe to assume byu's not going to the spectrum again no that's not going to happen i mean for a long 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 time not not as they get to the big 12 uh this kind of slipped under the radar due to all the things going on around uh college sports the division one board of directors approved changes to the transfer rules but they voted against allowing student athletes to transfer as many times as they want without having to sit out the one-time transfer rule stays in place where kids can go and play right away. The board also voted on a transfer window for student-athletes to announce their intentions. So now they can't just announce any time. For fall sports, they got 45 days after the championship. Winter sports have 60 days, and spring sports have 45 days. So it gives coaches, uh, uh, hey, I know if you don't go in the next 45 days, I can plan on you. And if if you're announcing your intentions, okay, that gives me 
some time to go find some replacements. Well, the the fact that they didn't vote through the unlimited transfer is, is huge. Uh, that gives some stability. The one t- I think the one-time transfer is fair. Um, and they, they should be able to, if they're not happy where they're at, they should be able to leave. But it would, it would be so unbelievably disruptive to allow unlimited transfers no matter what year. And so I, I'm, I'm very glad that they, they made that ruling. All right, so. let's do um, BYU's number 21 in the new poll. Mm-hmm. Um, let's run down the list of their opponents uh, and how everybody fared. Then we're going to do pick some games. Um, yep. yep. And and uh, East Carolina. You forget we, East Carolina. We, 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 we got a few. We got a few questions going too. So we'll we'll make sure we get to those. People people are asking. Somebody was uh, Bluesville's asking about defense with the defense in a three man front. Is that a disadvantage? They don't play three man front against Baylor. Um, in fact, they don't play a three man front. They play a three man front when they're playing against spread teams. Um, Baylor's a twelve personnel. Um, Program and people think they played a ton of three man front and played a bunch of drop eight. It was actually less than and people actually think. Media talked about it all the time and and uh, um, I think gave you a bit, little bit of a false sense of how many times they played a three man drop eight. But you play that when you're playing against teams like Central Florida or South Florida that run the spread and throw it around. Against Baylor, they run 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They run it downhill. They're a run-based football team. BYU will be almost exclusively in a four-man front, and they'll play a lot more people in, in that front seven or front eight and be way more aggressive than they were against a team that runs the spread. Robbie writes in, uh, he went to the game with Baylor and um, Albany. said what impressed uh, him was the speed the Bears have, and... Um, and the size is well below BYU's line for sure. So, s- c- speed and size will be factors. Yep. And, and, and BYU's O line is as big as anybody. Yeah, and ba- Baylor always has great team speed overall, but but BYU has as much speed as they've ever had. Like teams across the country don't have faster corners than BYU has now. BYU's corners are as fast as any in the country, and um, I don't think anybody has a better wide receiver than Puka Nakua if he's healthy this week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, B- speed's not as much a issue as it used to be for BYU in the old days. They've kind of closed the gap in that area. And 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 you're right, um, Robbie, BYU's offensive line is as big as anybody in the country or bigger. We so. expect Puka to play on Saturday. Yeah, we expect him to play. Um, and, and that'll be a big boost. And we are hopeful to see Gunnar Romney on Saturday. So you didn't see Puka today, though, did you? No. So No, I haven't seen him today either. So we'll, we'll look out for him. But the word is, until he's out, he's in. And, uh, and I, I would never doubt Puka. Yeah. So. So, um, okay, we, we answered those. Now we want to get to the BYU opponents last week. So East Carolina is coming in later in October on a Friday night, and they took 13th-ranked North Carolina State to the wire. The Wolfpack won it by 1, 21 to 20. I think East Carolina missed a field goal or something Yeah, at the East end. Carolina. They had a they, shot. They always have good athletes, and BYU's, you know, that, that's, that's going to be a good matchup. Um, uh, they come here, though. Yeah. And so that's that's a whole different story than playing them at sea level on the East Coast. So um, how about uh, number 11, Oregon, who has now dropped out of the rankings, just got routed by Georgia 49-3. to That surprised me. Uh, surprised not that me they too. lost, but that they got killed. I expected them to lose, but I expected them to compete. They didn't even compete. If I was an Oregon, it, if I was a player, I'd be embarrassed with a showing. And, you know, maybe there's some talent and they can rally, but that was very telling. And BYU gets them in two it's, weeks. Yeah, but it's it's still a very formidable game um, up there. Um, not not yeah. this Saturday, but next Saturday. Arkansas is going to be here on October 15th. 
They're ranked number 19, at least they were going into the weekend, and they beat uh, Cincinnati, who was number 23, 31-24, and that was a, that was a pretty good game. They, they Razorbacks good. are tough. They look good. They're, they're big, physical, and a lot of speed. They, they look like a very good SEC team. That's a big one. So uh, Wyoming, in, in double overtime, took care of Tulsa, 40-37. to 37. So Wyoming looks like they want, got one of those, uh, I don't know if I'm going to call it a Josh Allen offense like they had when Josh was playing Minus there. Josh. Minus, they have a great offense minus Josh <laughs> Allen. So Baylor, as I mentioned, beat Albany 69-10. to 10. Liberty beat Southern Miss 29-27 to 27 in four overtimes, but the Flames lose Charlie Brewer to a broken hand. Yeah. Their quarterback, who transferred from Utah after... BYU beat Brewer last September. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, and Liberty is a team that throws it around, runs the West Coast offense a lot like, like BYU. Um, Utah State went and played number one Alabama and lost 55-0. to zero. Again, I expected Utah State to be, be a little more competitive than that. In that I game. thought they'd be better against UConn, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling much better about BYU's yep. date with the Aggies conference weekend. And, and Notre Dame um, at number five, they hung tough. They were ahead of uh, yeah. uh, uh, Ohio State for part of that game. And, yeah, I, I thought that that game was a really, really good matchup. So, number two, Ohio State, um, 21. Uh, number five, Notre Dame, 10. Um, and that, but Notre Dame's very good. Stanford uh, beat uh, Colgate, the toothpaste, 41 to 10. Stanford plays Utah in a couple weeks. I'll be interested to see how that – And they've got they, USC this weekend. Do they play Stanford – yeah, Stanford plays USC. We're going to see if USC is as good as they looked against Rice because yeah. I think Stanford's pretty solid this year. Um, Oregon State and Boise State. So BYU's got Boise State on the schedule later this season. Um, Oregon State, who returned a bunch of guys from a very good team that BYU saw last year, beats Boise State 34-17. Boise didn't look good. Down 24 nothing at half. No. So uh, Utah Tech got beat by Sacramento State 56-33. to We'll see yep. Utah Tech. That will be the final home game of BYU's Independence Era yep. live on BYU TV. All right, before we pick some games, let's uh, talk about Cougars in the NFL because the NFL season starts Thursday. That right. is finally here. Oh, can't wait for that to happen. So, And it also takes – I hate college football games on Sundays. Right. I don't like it. And so once the NFL starts playing, they own Sunday and Monday night, and we don't have that nonsense anymore, no. right? So, so let's start with Saints at the Falcons, Taysom Hill and Danny Sorensen um, versus Tyler Algier. How how, that? how, that's intriguing. Yeah. How much is Tyler going to play? Taysom will be at tight end. Hey, I, I, for the first time in my life, I'm doing fantasy football with my family. Oh, yeah. I drafted Tyler Algier. Did you? Just, just for fun. Just felt like it? Yep. Who was your number one pick? Who'd you take first? Um, I took... Gosh, I can't remember who I took with my number one pick. I took Cooper Cup. Oh, you did you have the overall number one pick? No, I had the two, number two overall. Who took somebody over Cooper Cup? Courtney uh, took the running back for the Colts. He was ranked number one. Cooper Cooper Cup is... I hope so. I mean, he's going to be in action Thursday night. I can't remember who I took. So you're really impressed by your... Oh, no. I'm trying to think. I have Chubb as one of my running backs. I got Chubb. You have Chubb as one of your running backs? Okay, we'll have... The Browns... They're so bad, they, they but just, they got yeah, Chubb. They have Chubb. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to remember who All right, we'll come back was. to that. Think about that. 49ers are at the Bears. That's Fred Warner. Kyrus Tonga was cut last Wednesday and then added to the practice squad of the Falcons. Right. So he's down there with Tyler. Eagles at the Lions. That's Jamal Williams. Yep. Ravens and Jets. Zach yeah, the talking maybe Zach they, will play. Yeah, they were saying he was moving around and, and, and throwing the ball this week. So maybe Zach Wilson plays. When the Ravens uh, come in to play the Jets. Jaguars are at the Commanders. This is all Sunday morning games. Dax Milne. Right. And then the Browns at the Panther, at the Panthers. That's uh, Sione Takitaki versus Brady Christensen. Brady two, might have to block him. Two starters. 
Yeah. Two starters right there. In that they game. can say hi to each other yeah. as they collide. The afternoon game is the Raiders at the Chargers. That's Kyle Van Noy and Michael Davis yeah. and for the should, Chargers. Yeah, we should note Matt Bushman, um, who, remember, was having a really good uh, camp and, and was injured, recovering from the broken clavicle. Um, uh, his father-in-law, Chad Lewis, said the surgery was a success and the road to recover has begun. Uh, we wish Bushman the best. After the injuries, uh, the Chiefs put him on the injured reserve. Which I was talked to Chad did. today, and he said that uh, – Bushman's hoping to be able to play for someone this season. Yep, that's great. You know, and that they probably just played at that clavicle, and he'll heal up real nice. So practice squad players, Harvey Lange over the Patriots, Zane Anderson with the Chiefs again. He was activated on and off a, a bunch last year. Tyson Williams with the Colts, and, of course, Kyrus Tonga, you just mentioned, picked up by the um, Falcons, right? Yeah. All right, some uh, football picks and uh, this day in history, and then we'll say goodnight. Uh, last week, I went 11 for 11. Yeah. And uh, you went 9 for 11. Yeah, we were just picking favorites. So. Uh, West Virginia and Utah are the two that went south on yeah, your completely suggestion. Completely messed me, messed me I don't up. know if I'm going to be perfect all season, but I'm off to a good start. All right, Alabama, Texas on Fox TV I, on Saturday. I love Sarkeesian, but I'm taking Bama. I am too, but I think that's going to be closer than people think. Yep. Tennessee at Pittsburgh on ABC. Yeah, I watched Pitt this last week. They're better than I thought. I'll take Pitt. And you never know what you're getting with uh, Tennessee. Yeah. I'm going Pitt. Washington State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin at home is hard to beat. I'm going with the Badgers. Yeah, I am too. Houston, who struggled but got a win, uh, at Texas Tech on FS1. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that, that one to me is a toss-up. I'm going to go Tech on that. Okay, I'll go Houston just to be contrarian. Stanford hosts USC on ABC. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough. One. I think USC is going to win, but I think Stanford's going to give them a run for their money. All right, I'm going with USC. Arizona State is at Oklahoma State. Yeah, on ESPN two. I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah, until Arizona State wins a big game on the road. Yep. Oregon is at home against Eastern Washington on the Pac-12 network, so no one's going to see it. No, but they're, they're, and and remember, Eastern Washington's a really good FCS program that throws the ball around. Or Oregon is, is going to win it, but I don't know if they're going to look good or not. We'll see. Baylor and BYU. We both have already we announced both our took picks. BYU, yep. So the only difference we've got going into this weekend is uh, just the one game, right? Yeah. Texas Tech. You, and you picked Utah. Wait, did I pick Utah to win at yeah. Georgia? Or, or at, at, yes, you did. At Florida? No, I did. Yes, you did. Why would I do such a thing? I don't know, but then I said, I can't do that. I'm taking okay. Florida. Well, that's a big mistake. <laughs> that won't happen again. This day in history, September 6th. 1620, this is significant. Yeah. The Pilgrims sail from Plymouth, England on the Mayflower to settle in North America. That was kind of important. Seemed to work out. 1716, the first lighthouse in North America was built and constructed and placed in Boston. Just think if the Pilgrims, how the Pilgrims would have loved to have had a lighthouse. That would have been nice. As they came over. 1916, the first true supermarket opens in Memphis, the Piggly Wiggly. That was long before the Hinky Dinky was, was uh, opened up. <laughs> was right. the Piggly Wiggly. Those are both Midwestern chains. 1995, Cal Ripken beats Lou Gehrig's record by playing in 2,131 consecutive games. I remember that night. I remember it too. Big deal on ESPN. Yep. He's the Iron Man. 1997, on this day, the funeral for Princess Diana. Yeah, and, and, and Libby, uh, my daughter, played... Princess Diana and Diana the Musical on Broadway. That's right. So That's right. there you go, 1997. 2012, Senator Barack Obama accepts the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. On this day in 2012. Birthdays, 1888, Joseph P. Kennedy, the father 
to John F., Robert F., and Teddy Kennedy. Yeah, 18 was born. Wow. Um, 1943, Roger Waters was born. Who's Roger Waters? Oh, think Pink Floyd, please. Floyd. I never understood Pink Floyd, and so I never understood Roger Waters. Well, 1958, Jeff Foxworthy was born, and the first redneck jokes you followed. You might be a redneck. <laughs> If you know if you know who Jeff Foxworthy is, you might be a redneck. Hey, those who passed away on this date. Yeah, 2007, Luciano Pavarotti, one of the great tenors of all time. And Burt Reynolds in 2018, not one of the great tenors of no, all time. but a great actor and a great football player. Didn't he play at Florida? Florida State. Oh, Florida State. Florida That's State. Right. That's right. I remember a picture of Burt Reynolds, Lavelle Edwards, and Bobby Bowden. Yeah. When they played. How about that? So... All right, we've got a Lavelle Edwards quote, and then we're going to go out with Caleb Chapman's rise and shout from a couple of weeks ago. We'll celebrate BYU wins as we end this show with with the saxophone uh, rise and shout. You got the quote? Lavelle Edwards said, I can't think of anything I would do differently in my life. It would be nice to undo some of my mistakes I made over the years, but then I wouldn't have grown professionally or personally. So basically what Lavelle, and he tells us all the time, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes, and the, the hard things that we go through are what make us who we are. That's how we learn and grow. And a lot of us would love to uh, undo mistakes. Oh, yeah. But then what would we be on the backside of them besides right. mistake-free? That's right. Lavelle, a man for the ages. Next week, Brandon Ogletree, baseball coach Trent Pratt, Dan Forsman. Okay, here we go. And Scott Gearhart, the alumni chair over in Eugene. He's, tell us what's going uh, he's on excited up there. to come on, yep. especially after we were live in Tampa. Now we're going to be live over there in the great Northwest ahead of BYU's trip to uh, take on the Oregon Ducks. We got Caleb Chapman ready. We didn't tell him we were going to do this. I don't think we have to pay him royalties. I think once you no, perform once on you the perform Wise on Guys, the show, we own we it. We can replay the show. We own it. So, All right, rise and shout on the saxophone. BYU's 1-0, number 21 in the country, hosting the Baylor Bears, number 9, on Saturday night. And I got him 34-24, and you got him what? 31-28. Go Cougs. Podcast is out tomorrow. See you next week, everybody. Go Cougs. Awesome.